uh, towards towards the newer just because of comfort, uh, because of capability, because of everything else, you know. Buy the, the, the a f***ing Cadillac if you need comfort in your vehicle. <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. For over a decade, you, the listeners, have asked us for more Jeep Talk Show. I'd say we have. Jeez. Starting with episode 500, the Jeep Talk Show will be releasing two shows a week. More talk, more Jeep tech, and more show. It all starts with the very next episode. From all of us here at the Jeep Talk Show to the entire Jeeping community, thank you for 500 episodes of support. Well, thank you next week for 500 episodes of support, <laughs> assuming assuming everything is going to be okay and the world doesn't end. That'd be really funny if this was the end of the world, the timing of it was when we hit episode 500. <laughs> no, we don't get to 500. We're, you That's know, what I'm saying. At 1020 yeah. <laughs> next week, Wendy says, you know, it's 20 minutes after the hour and then <laughs> the horn blows and it's the end of the world. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. We didn't make it. Got this close. That's close. Almost. (laughs) So I have a confession to make, and and you guys don't know about it. Uh, Tammy doesn't know about it. Uh, I I think I'm the only one. So about about 20 episodes ago, I will guess, I was considering ending the Jeep Talk Show on episode 500. What? Wow. No, this, this is news to me. Yep. And it, this happens occasionally. Now, it happened way back when uh, Josh and I were just doing the show, and I think we, we were in the 100 range or something. Uh, I, th- I think I remember talking to you, Josh, about going, oh, man, this is just, you know, we're having such a hard time getting people to listen to the show. Yep. And, uh, and we, we went on hiatus for a, a bit of a time, uh, maybe two or three months. Two I think we took like two... No, you went on hiatus for two or three months uh, before I came on. Oh, board. okay. okay. Uh, and you and I, you and I took a, a summer break. I think we took like two or three weeks off or something like that. But. Okay, because it gets old after a while. We we you come in here every week. Uh, I know Josh and Wendy. You haven't said this, but I know uh, Josh. You've said that it's like it's you know you you work the whole day and things are going on. Life is happening, and now you have to take oh, yeah. time out of of that to come do the show. And then once right. you get into the show, and this is this is the way I felt about it, and Josh has, has said it the same the same is once you get started, it's a lot of fun. It's an, it's it's a lot of fun being oh, here. Yeah. It's exciting, and it, it's just especially when you interact. And that's kind of the problem, and that's kind of what I was considering. Just you know, after ten years, we've hit a plateau that's been going on for several years. Now we've seen some some growth in other areas, but as far as the the amount of listeners, we were seeing stellar. Stellar growth uh, over a, a, for several years, and then kind of just hit a plateau. We've tried various things, and then COVID hit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really surprised we didn't see a, a drop uh, because of a lot of people driving oh, yeah. to work and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but anyway, what I was going to say is is that it, it, it's a little disheartening whenever you don't uh, see the numbers increasing because. We are working hard to make a good show. Uh, I think Wendy probably works harder than the rest of us, but <laughs> cause she, out of the shoot, she's done really well. But uh, 
we need your help. Uh, we're not ending the show. I don't want you to think we are. Uh, but I was considering it. And oh, good, because I was thinking. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I decided to continue on. Hell, I bought a Gladiator and put a big sticker on it. So uh, that's right. You have to, and you got and your runs coming up. Point. Yeah, there's a there's a commitment here, and there has been a commitment for all the, the ten years. But we need your help. We need you to tell a friend. Actually, we need to, you to tell ten friends. Uh, I, actually, go, I think we made a joke about this uh, several episodes ago. Go in the bathroom. Uh, not your bathroom at home, but a public bathroom for a good time. Listen to the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, this is great. Uh, oh, everybody needs a sharpie now. At this point, I, <laughs> seriously, I, I'm going to turn you all into graffiti artists. If, if it's the last thing I do. And before I get sued, I'm just joking. Sure Don't actually a red do that. Sharpie while you're no, at it. Do a red one. Oh, thank you. Okay. That's I love the way you think. Facing public property. It's no, just, no, no, no. But but it's uh, but don't do it. But wink, wink. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep or a Sharpie. We. <laughs> 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 it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never drove anything but Jeeps. This show is for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to, in, to interform, interform and entertain you <laughs> while we talk about Sharpies and defacing public property. <laughs> no, no defacing anything. We don't need to do that. <laughs> Hello, Jeeper. I'm Josh. And on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I'll be telling you about a lost Jeeper who needs some help being found. And did you know that there are rankings for commercials? Yeah, neither did I. We'll find out where Jeep is sitting here in a few. And later, I've got some tech and a question about old versus new. So stick around. Howdy, it's Wendy. And tonight, I'm going to share my top five episodes for doobies and my top five funniest episodes. Oh, good. Oh, this should be good. Yeah. Hey, it's Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama. And on Jeep Life, I'm going to share with you one of the hairiest, scariest moments of my life on one of Colorado's highest roads. Here we're going with the hair again. Hairballs again? I don't know what to do. <laughs> no. I'm Tony, and on, on this episode, you'll hear me interviewing Tim of Hidden Falls Adventure Park. Yep, the same adventure park that we went to here on July 10th for the Jeep Talk Show Texas event. And, uh, we, well, you know, you're going to hear all about the Hidden <laughs> Hidden Falls. I keep wanting to call the damn thing Hidden Valley. That Hidden damn, Valley Ranch. That damn dressing. <laughs> I wonder if we could get them to put a bunch, you know, like 6,000 gallons of Hidden Hidden Valley Ranch uh, sauce all the, over the falls. What a great picture that would be. <laughs> hidden, oh, my gosh. Hidden Ranch at Hidden Falls. Anyway. And here comes the environmentalist. Done. <laughs> with, with the lettuce. Yes. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, this young Jeeper, unfortunately, is still missing in Arizona. Uh, Daniel Robinson went missing on June 23rd, leaving his job in a Jeep Renegade uh, at Sun, uh, Sun Valley Parkway and Cactus Road in Buckeye, Arizona. Now, according to reports, he left the job site, didn't tell anybody why or where he was going, and headed west further into the desert. Okay, seems pretty normal for a Jeep owner, right? I mean, there's desert over there, I've got a Jeep. So why not, right? You know. So location data, unfortunately, was not available for Robinson's phone due to it being off or out of range. Now, investigators say that they learned from family, friends, and co-workers that Daniel's behavior in the days prior to his disappearance was, quote, not like himself at times, but there was no indication he wished to harm himself or leave the area. 
According to a statement released by Buckeye Police on July 21st, a Jeep that belongs to Robinson was discovered by a rancher on his property. The vehicle was found about four miles southwest of the job site where Robinson was last seen and appears to have rolled over and landed on its side. The airbags in the Jeep had been deployed, and initial evidence indicates that Daniel was wearing a seatbelt at the time of the accident. In addition, Buckeye police officials say they found multiple personal effects at the scene, including clothes, Robinson's cell phone, wallet, and keys. Detectives immediately began searching for Robinson in the area, by ground and by air, and are analyzing the evidence left in the car. Uh, officials say foul play is not suspected, based on the condition of how the Jeep was left and, of course, the belongings that were there. Now, if you have any information as to where this young man might be, please call the Buckeye Police Department. Was there any blood, Josh? Wow. Uh, from what the, I, I've, I've read in multiple reports, it didn't sound like there was any, uh, or at least you know, um, a, a great deal of evidence like he was traumatically injured right, there. So there right. was large piles of blood. Uh, the airbags did not have large blood on them, uh, you know, a large amount of blood. On them. So I'm, uh, th- they aren't suspecting that the this individual is severely injured. Um, he, they, uh, there was a couple of interviews with uh, his father that I had read about, uh, who was very confident that, uh, that his son is still alive. Um, he is uh, an intelligent young man. He is uh, able-bodied. Uh, and so there is a good chance that, that he is just in survival mode and had lost his way. Maybe in this accident, he wasn't sure where he was going. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe got a concussion and is in a state of confusion out in the Arizona desert somewhere and just sort of operating on instincts at this point. I mean, who knows, really? So it's it's an unfortunate series of events, really and is. there's really no closure right now because, well, there's no body. This is not a recovery. Uh, this is still a search uh, going on for um, it's still a rescue effort at this point. So, uh, and you know, until we hear otherwise, uh, I think uh, everybody that's in, involved and close to this story, uh, you know, uh, proceed as such. Well, I really hate to hear about this. Um, and this is back on June, June 23rd. So, uh, June 23rd. It's, yeah. it's, it's so been a month. It's been a month. So, so it's been, been way. If, if possible, if you can uh, keep an eye on the news and uh, let us know what the outcome of this is in a future episode. Yeah, this is one that that I'm going to be uh, be keeping my my fingers on the pulse of, as it were, and, and hopefully be able to uh, to give you guys uh, you know a happy ending to this, if you will, uh, at least some point in the future. Well, kind of odd bragging rights uh, for this story. Out, out of all the ads that have generated the highest number of impressions across national broadcast and cable TV air, the latest Jeep ad of all things ranks number one for the third straight week. I know, right? Mm-hmm. I was just as surprised as you are to find that there are companies out there actually ranking commercials. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who signs up for this stuff, right? Well, iSpot.tv's rankings for the most watched automotive commercials has Jeep sitting at the top currently for the ad entitled Wildly Civilized. This particular ad is promoting Jeep's three-row mid-sized SUV, the Grand Cherokee L. The ad also leads the pack in estimated money spent at roughly $2.5 million. Now, according to the experts that track this sort of stuff, the commercial's creative elements elevated the viewer attention to 6.2% above the normal for auto ads in the last 90 days and proved 6.4% more likable. Wow. Simply captivating. <laughs> but the commercial isn't bad. I've, I've certainly seen worse, but I'm not sure what makes it so special. The voiceover mm-hmm. as the commercial opens is talking about two Americas as the scene is split down the screen rather is split down the middle and showing scenes of things like Utah's red rocks or the golden gate bridge. Clearly 
showing you two very different parts of this great nation. If you haven't put it together yet, Jeep explains it for you by telling you that there are two Americas, one being of paved roads and the other is forever wild, as more scenes flash at you of endless skyscrapers than endless woods, more city streets, and then the open desert, you know, things like that. It goes back and forth. And of course, the patriotic horn-filled music plays in the background as we are reminded, once again by the voiceover, of the freedom that we have that is twofold as well, the freedom that we are born with and the freedom that comes from owning a Jeep. If you'd like to check out the video for yourself, we'll have the link to the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. So I wonder what it yeah. is about getting off-road. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's fun to, to, to go to the city and visit, maybe have a good meal or something, but it's not like being out in the wilderness. It's not. I mean, it doesn't have to be wilderness. It just has to be a non a rural area, a, a non-city area. That uh, is that the way it is for you, Wendy? Does it just seem like it's just more freeing yeah, to be but, out there? Well, I think part of it is you get to when you the minute you drive off the pavement, you leave everything on the pavement. So whatever you're dealing with in your world or your life or your job or whatever the situation is, you actually did make that disappear when you're going off road. And because you have to focus, you have to pay attention to what you're doing, how you're driving or where you're going. And hopefully you're enjoying the scenery along the way. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think when you leave the pavement, you leave everything behind you. So there's an allure to getting off the pavement, I think. You're, you're- I'm going to blame Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> All right. Ask why. Why? (laughs) Why? I want to know why. Gene Roddenberry, creator of Star Trek, to boldly go where no man has gone before. There you go. And who doesn't like an amazing view, right? And and Jeeps can take us to those kinds of vistas where you can only see those postcard-like views that will instill that that sense of wonder and and magic and, of course, freedom uh, into any living soul. I, I, I don't know anybody who wouldn't be captivated by 270 degrees of nearly, I can see the curvature of the earth type of yep. views and, and, and getting there in a vehicle that you drove to work yesterday. So you know, it's one of those things where it, it just, I, I don't know, there's, there's nothing else that can really put you into that kind of a, a mood, if you will, can put you into that kind of a scenario um, like a Jeep can. And, and I think this video, or this video, this, this commercial sort of plays on that a little bit. Um, and, and in highlighting both, hey, these things can not only be at, at, at much at home on the city streets as they are up on, you know, 10,000 foot elevation on the side of this mountain. You know, when you go off road, uh, generally there's less rules. There's less people looking over oh, your yeah. shoulder. You don't have to worry about no speed uh, limit, speed limits or no staying in your lane or things th- like that. There yeah, are no I lanes and, and there's, yeah. the, there's, there's self-reliance. That you know you're responsible for your welfare and perhaps your family, or maybe it's just a jeep dog that, that's going along with you. So I I think that it's very freeing. And I've mentioned this before: having a jeep is like having uh, is like having superpowers. It gives you the ability to do things that other people, c- civilians, I like to call them, cannot uh, do. Yep, I agree. Now with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Modify. No rules. <laughs> there are rules on the road. Let's not get started. It's Thunderdome out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, of course, would like to hear what you have to say about these stories or any story that you've heard here on the Jeep Talk Show. Be sure to let us know what you have to say by phone or by email. You can do it either way. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out. And coming up later in the show, we've got an interview with Tim, 
an off-road enthusiast and works at Hidden Falls Adventure Park. Yeah, you know where that's at. Can you believe the luck to work full-time at an off-road park? And a beautiful one. imagine. Yeah. How oh, fun. No, things, are dream- things that dreams are made out of. Yep. Sure. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. It says Wendy, who what, lives right next to an off-road well, it's, like, it's not a park. It's just a whole damn mountain, a whole it's area, whole mountain. <laughs> hundreds of thousands of acres. You know, that's go anywhere. Lots of trails. Yeah. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, a quick tip for those who weld, grind, or cut metal in a garage. Are you going to steal my uh, my plasma cutter thing I sent you? The no, no, not at all. But uh, <laughs> but I think this would go ahead, and and you might want to file this one right next to. I need to get this right after I get that. Uh, uh-huh. gee. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, it's me out here in Utah, D.A.R., and I just passed college straight down. It bothered me because I just happened to know a, uh, that's my lane departure deal going off in the background. Oh, thank God. Anyway, <laughs> I, I just happened to know a girl named Randy, and I can't believe you guys haven't figured out. Randy, uh, Devil D, Randy, Devil D, Randy. That's what I thought. It's probably, most likely, not a guy. Well, we'll test that theory when Josh bunks with me at uh, Hidden Falls Adventure Park. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't believe I, I flew all the way here to smell that. <laughs> Don't well, Josh, now, you already know you need uh, earplugs. Now you also need some nose plugs and you're good to go. Bring the, uh, the what is it, the methylated uh, Vaseline, you know, like the, the, you know, the detective corners. The detectives put under their nose. There's a dead body. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a thing. It may just be more than us. The, the The cabin sleeps eight, so we may have other Jeep talk show listers in there. So this double occupancy. Bring, oh, great! Bring it. Bring your hammers. It's gonna. It's gonna be a special badge for I'm all lo- those people. I'm looking forward to this. This is gonna be a blast. We're we're talking about the the Jeep talk show uh, next Texas event out of Hidden Falls, folks. If you had, yeah. if you don't know what we're talking about, so that's coming up. More details to come. Yeah, more details to mm-hmm. come tonight. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, it seems like everyone these days has a top five list for something or another. Now, Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, has her list of top five for all sorts of fun things. And even Nikki G is getting in on it with his latest top three guesses on our Big 500 episode announcement. Well, I'm jumping on the bandwagon, too, with my top five newbie nuggets from the last 62 episodes. Now, first, let's start with the top five episodes I recommend for newbies. Whether you are new to driving or you have a brand new Jeep and you're just off-roading is new to you, these top episodes are a good start to gain some knowledge and get out there and enjoy the great outdoors. Number five, what to carry in your Jeep. Now, this was episode 426. When you first start out, you may not even realize these items will come in handy one day. Good list of items to get started with. Better to be looking at them than looking for them. Number four, what to expect when you go on a a trail run. In episode 436, I list what you need to know to prepare for that run with a new group or even a bunch of buddies. I've always said having knowledge is power. Number three, where to find the trails and how to read trail designations. Episode 427 has all the details on selecting a trail and choosing the trail that best fits your Jeep setup. Do you know what the green, blue, and black trail markers indicate here in the West? 
Check out the episode to find out. Number two, airing down. All the ins and outs of why we air down. Besides smoothing out your ride, it's also good for the environment. Check out episodes 431 and 452 for all the info. Now, number one, this is the most important episode, I think, for newbies, and that is treading lightly and taking care of the trails. I'm very passionate about trail care, and I cover this topic a lot in episodes 430, 446, and 490. Pack it in or pack it out, people. Taking care of the lands is all our responsibilities. If you have to pick one episode to listen to, visit these three to keep trails from getting shut down. Now, I do have to give an honorable mention. In episode 491, I discussed trail safety when out wheeling. Now, it's not an episode for the faint of heart, as I do mention my friend's ordeal, but it does give you some additional things to consider when wheeling and being safe. <clears throat> now, I also had to look at my top five funniest episodes. The show has me laughing each week as I record these episodes, but these stand out as being pretty funny. Well, at least to me, they do. So if you need a laugh, newbie or not, here you go. Number five, 2020 Reflections. With all the, quote, issues, unquote, we had last year, I did a fun recap at the end of 2020 in episode 470 of what I learned in the past year. Had to check it out. Number four, I called this one Ice Ice Baby. Not completely funny episode 479, but I share my first jeeping on ice and how the adrenaline dump of thinking I was going over the side completely out of control happened. Well, you have to listen to see how that worked out. Number three, the high lift jack issue. This was a good episode on how to use a jack and how to be safe. Turns out when I was sharing the info, though, I pretty much lost it, adding Josh and Tony to the mix, and it, well, got out of control with laughter. Check out episode 462 for a good belly laugh. Let's just say I do keep my jack lube now. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> owning a Jeep. I take a look back and share what owning a Jeep is like or what looks what it looks like when a Jeep owns you. Uh-huh. Now, out of this episode, Josh revealed the now famous while you're in there line that we all use when discussing our Jeeps. Episode 437 gives you a good look into the fun you can have Jeeping and adding modifications. And number one, this was by far the funniest episode that I've done. Running out of gas. Yes, my husband, Bill, who has years of experience, ran out of gas going downhill. Yep. Now, the golden rule of jeeping is never go wheeling without a full tank of gas. Not sure he will ever live this one down. Episode 451 has all the details. I hope you visit thejeeptalkshow.com and look up all of our show episodes for great information and laughter. We're turning 500 next week and looking forward to bringing you lots of good content and some funnies along the way. Thanks for listening. So, guys, I know you guys have to have one of your own episodes that really stand out. You guys talk about funny stuff all the time in the past, but perhaps one or two stand out comes to mind. There, there's been good shows o over the years. And when you've got nearly 500 episodes under your belt, um, there's not many that, that stand out. There, There's times where, okay, that was not a good show. It just didn't really hit on all cylinders. Uh, you know, whether it was a production or reading every, or whatever. Every show is a gem. <laughs> no, we, we've got it. You know, we're not professionals. We, come on. We've been saying this from the beginning, just knuckleheads with a microphone, That's right? That's right. Um, and, and so, but and, and we're able to pull some magic out every now and again, and, and chemistry works, and the stars align, and I don't know, everything, the production, the read, everything just sort of falls in place, and we have really good shows. But on top of that, there has been a couple that have stood out. Yeah. And uh, one of them that, that, that really comes to mind is our 200th episode. 
Mm. We put a lot of work into that one. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that... And that's that why we didn't host- put a lot of work into 300 or 400. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was there, a lot of work. A lot of, there was a ton of work uh, putting that show together. Um, and, uh, and that was one of those, I was, if you guys, if you guys want to pay for us to full time, that, that's kind of what a kind of a show we can bring you. Uh, true. uh, but no, uh, seriously, it was one of those shows that it just, everything worked out. Um, everybody sort of brought a little something to the table that nobody else knew about. And so there was surprise, uh, there was emotion, mm-hmm. there was laughter, uh, there, um, just, it, it, every, all the boxes were checked. And that was one of those shows that really just stood out above all the others, at least for me. Yep. And this happened, but and I think you've heard it, uh, Wendy. But this happened before you you came on. But it was the Henway mm-hmm. joke that Tammy right. fell for. Oh my yep. God! I just felt so bad and milestone. Yeah, <laughs> I felt so bad and, and laughed so hard at the same time. So, uh, and it wasn't like I was trying to pull it on her. I just you know I I was just saying it's and, like and the, I was. I, it's like the Henway joke. Belief, yeah. just hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> And I was just like, there's no way. There's no way. She's got to be messing with him. And, and me no. being yeah, the nice guy really that I am, I couldn't just let it, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to tell her. No, I, I had to I had to use it on her. They <laughs> just keep it was, using it. It's for the show. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's the I gift that it. gives all giving. That's one of those inside baseball uh, type of things where, yeah, the Henway joke is 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 one of those from from way back that uh, that will always stand out here on the show. Well, I loved the the thing where you're you're just on automatic pilot whenever you talk, Josh, and you sometimes uh, make a little snafu putting words together that don't wouldn't normally go together. And we did a whole segment off of oh. that that snafu. Uh, oh, the, the button. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think people even turned that into a drinking game at one point or another. Funny. <laughs> so, so Josh made this say, what, you know, Amazon, uh, what have you bought? And uh, what have you bought at Amazon? And it was right. so funny. We made a thing. So anytime Josh said, uh, you know, bought in the, the thing. The of bought. Yeah. Yeah, bought, right. <laughs> we would, we would play just, up, you know, to play the intro for the, you know, the, the Amazon you bought and what. <laughs> So it had a little giveaway or something. I can't remember what we did there, but uh, we had a great promo that we played with. But anyway, those that was really no, there funny was, too. There was time where, where you know you had to be like the third caller, first caller, or That's something right. like that. After and and I would plan on having the 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 mess up. Uh, you no, know, no, where no, I would no. It was all on, on, it was all on. not planned. It was not scripted. <laughs> well, we give would give somebody like a five dollar Amazon gift card or something because yeah. they called me out on it or or, or whatever. Yeah, so I, yeah, it's it was funny. It was a lot of fun. We need to do something right. like that again. We'll we'll, we'll well, wait I, for Wendy to mess up with something. Maybe every every time yeah. she every time she throws Bill under the bus, we'll give something <laughs> away. We're not Poor that Bill. rich. <laughs> Poor Bill. Oh, well, I I think it's been fun. You know, like I said, I've it's, I looked up and it's sixty two episode I've done with you I can't guys, believe which is awesome. That. That's like a year. It's, I know it's a lot of fun and I just I laugh all the time and I just thought it'd be kind of fun to look back so I love hearing your stories and the former every time you guys write down an episode to go back I try to make sure I go back and check it out and listen to it just just for the humor to hear it so I'm just glad we get to share that because it's you guys have been there the milestone you know 400 episodes prior I'm I'm so glad that you mentioned this with all these episodes that past episodes about things that have happened because we have such a huge back catalog almost 500 episodes now (laughs) If you guys have been paying attention. (laughs) So there's a lot of shows you can go back and listen. And now you have an idea of which ones to listen to first. But you should listen to all of them, I think. Except starting episode number two. (laughs) Yeah. Pass on that. Well, do do you have a favorite Doobie Nugget episode that you want to share or a suggestion for Doobie Nuggets? I'd love to hear from you. 
You can also check out our YouTube channel at Trails411 for great content with lots of tips, tricks, and techniques. XJTalk.com. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off road. I'm just picking random stuff for the Gladiator wow, update. That's an old. I thought you'd like run. that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I got some great news. Well, mainly for me. Uh, the Jeep Gladiator has a brand new stubby bumper. And uh, I've been looking at the, the bumpers, uh, winch bumpers uh, for the, the JT, the Gladiator. For a while now, and I, I I wanted to find one that I could use those sixty dollar uh, driving lights that I bought <laughs> for the for the factory bumper, uh, but I but I gave up and just went with something that would I thought was the a nice construction, uh, heavy duty, uh, and also let the winch sit kind of low in the bumper so it would not affect the uh, the airflow because it's really important if I'm going to be uh, dragging my XJ around uh, that should be a song. Uh, dragging my XJ around that I have good airflow through that radiator. I mean, Jeep actually went to the trouble of making the little holes in the grill, the, the, the mesh that's behind there, larger just to make sure they had good airflow for that, uh, that tow package. So I, uh, I finally wound up getting the, uh, uh, the Motobilt, uh, Crusher series front bumper with bull bar. Now this is for the uh, JT or the JL. So uh, you know if you're if you're thinking, oh, this is that Gladiator crap again. If you get a JL, this applies to you as well. Now on Motobuilt.com, the uh, the bumper was six hundred and sixty eight dollars plus about seventy dollars shipping. Now I kind of learned by when I was buying the uh, the sliders for the JT that I can get the same sliders. Perhaps I can get the same sliders from another company and save money for shipping. So I did a search based on the part number uh, from Motobilt, and Northridge4x4.com came up, and they had uh, the, uh, the, the same bumper for the same $668, but they offered free shipping and nice. $50 off. <laughs> Yahoo. Wow. So the sad, the, that's, that's good, but the sad part is the total for the bumper was $667.44. So I, I saved about 20, 22 cents or 60, uh, 66 cents. Between. All that work. All those calories burned well, for but, less but, than but, that, but that's the total. Cents. But that's the total price. So if I had gotten it from Motobilt, I would have been paying an extra $70 and probably tax on top of that. So I did save money, but it would have been nice if it was actually a lot lower. Anyway, I'm not complaining. Actually, I am. But I, I shouldn't be complaining because... <laughs> I got it for less than what it what the the you know what Motobilt was selling it for. So this is the cool part. I ordered the bumper on Tuesday, and as the recording of this show, it came in this morning about nine a.m. That's just what? nuts. That's, yeah. that's like next day. Yeah, what? that's fast. And and of course it was did delivered. You, did you pay for like the the second no, day error or no, something? Or I mean how? No. So. No. Somebody at Northridge listens to the show because that's the <laughs> yeah. only other explanation. I I'm would sorry. say absolutely. <laughs> well, the the fun thing was watching the semi angry UPS man bring in this ninety pound bumper <laughs> to the front door. The grass, <laughs> <laughs> like, shaking one fist. <laughs> you son of a. 
No, what was really cool is it was like, we have various UPS guys that deliver stuff, but this is the same guy that delivered both XJ bumpers. And I guarantee you those full size bumpers were a lot, weighed a lot more than the stubby bumper. Yeah. He's like, oh no, he's, not this address he's again. He's added again. <laughs> now I will say I was actually out in the garage one day. I think it was the, the rear bumper that he was delivering and he, he came, came up with it and he goes, what is this? A bumper? You going to put that on that XJ? Or he didn't say XJ, that Jeep. And I said, yeah. And he's like, oh, that, and I, I think he wanted to hang, kind of hang around and have a look at it. So this is kind of cool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I got this uh, this brand new stubby bumper with the uh, the winch that's kind of recessed. I, I don't really care for the recessed winch uh, thing aspect of it because sometimes you can't have trouble with the cable. And it makes it difficult to get in there and clear the issue with the cable. But yeah. uh, as much as I've used the winch... And as much as I think I'll use the winch in the future, I think it'll be the air, the airflow will be much more important than any kind of cable uh, problems that might be associated with it. So I'll be priming with some uh, etching primer and uh, painting uh, this bumper and getting it installed this week. And it should be uh, on and in plenty of time for the next uh, Jeep Talk Show off-road event, uh, Texas off-road event coming up in September. And I think I told uh, told you guys uh, before we started the show, I'm going to steal the worn Xenon 10 off of the XJ and go ahead and put it on this bumper. And then I'll get another worn winch uh, whenever they become available from worn here in, uh, in a few months. So uh, it, 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 I'm not saying that the, bump, the, the, the winches aren't available. It's just the, the deal that I'm working on is a, a special thing that I'm, uh, it's worth waiting for. So I'm going to wait until worn has them in. And then I'll be able to uh, get another warrant for the XJ. But it shouldn't be a problem because I don't see the XJ going off-road uh, anytime real soon. Uh, I got to get the, this Gladiator up a little bit for that flat towing. And it, it's there's quite a bit of difference between uh, where the height of the uh, the XJ is in front, where the, the uh, oh, I'm, forget, I'm brain farting on the name of the tow thing. What's the thing? The flat tow little triangle thing. Um, so it needs to be flat whenever you're towing and it's, it's going to be quite a bit of an angle right now. So I need to get those bigger tires on there from Nexon and then we'll see where it is. So that's it for the, uh, the gladiator this week. Uh, I'll uh, let you know how cool it looks. If you, uh, want to follow us on Facebook or Instagram, uh, you'll be able to see these pictures first of this, uh, great motor built, moto, moto built, uh, stubby bumper and, uh, don't uh, and I, I highly recommend going over to Northridge. I mean, it, it was great. Placed the order, saved a bunch of money, and it was here. I mean, in two days. So yeah. uh, definitely, yeah. and it, this wasn't Tuesday morning when I ordered it. I think it was Tuesday afternoon. Uh, so crazy. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely recommend well, Northridge. Shout out to shout, shout out to uh, to Northridge Four by Four. If anybody's listening, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and speaking of the uh, Jeep Talk Show Texas off-road event number two, and I guarantee you it's not going to smell like number two, we, we're <laughs> going to be have it on Saturday, September the 18th. So keep listening to the show for more information. Oh, and if, if September 18th isn't good for you, I, I still want to hear from you. We're two months away. I wanted to set a date, and if, if, it's, if it's a problem for so many people, we may consider changing it. Uh, Josh, uh, Friday, the uh, September the 17th is going to be okay for you to fly in as far as you know? 
I believe so. As far as I know right now, yeah. So okay, we good. can uh, go ahead and start and start planning that for now. Oh, and I'll mention uh, there is a slight possibility, and I, I, I can't remember if I already mentioned this or not if, or if I just said it before the show. There's a slight possibility that Tammy, also known as Jeep Mama, may be coming to this event. So you'll get to, to meet two-thirds. Uh, Wendy was invited, but she says, why would I want to be anywhere where you guys are? So no. Okay. <laughs> It's not exactly how being I a, put it. Being on the show know, every week is, is so enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm embellishing a little, uh, Wendy. Just a little? <laughs> a lot. Wendy's, Wendy's a really nice person. That's why I like giving her a hard time about being mean. <laughs> why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast and a lifelong keeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. Yeah. You like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps. I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. All right, you rat bastards. And, of course, if you don't already know, rat bastard is whoever listens to this show for free. We're getting fewer and fewer rat bastards out there as uh, many of you become paid subscribers. And I want to thank you very much. Uh, I mentioned earlier about, you know, the, the thought of ending the show at episode 500, which we're not doing. But one of the reasons that I, uh, I, I didn't end the show was because there are people out there are willing to pay to, to listen to this show. And that's just amazing to me. It's amazing that you want to listen. It's even more amazing that you're, you're willing to pay for it. So uh, asking you, with the, in that same vein, I want to ask you to pay for something else. Um, <laughs> we have... No, I'm not paying your cell phone bill again. Exactly. <laughs> we have some great rat bastard toe tags for uh, our infectious agents out there. Now, we, uh, we, we did about uh, 12 or 13 uh, uh, infectious agents where we supplied the, the rats and the toe tags. And then we came up with a way to let you become an infectious agent by going over to jeeptalkshow.com. Click on the button for our store, and then you'll see there for 8 bucks you can get the toe tags sent straight to you. And then you can actually go out there and put these dirty, filthy, infected rats on other jeepers vehicles it's kind of like the the ducking of a jeep but with a bad attitude so yeah the, the what's wendy's holding up there right now for and you people Perfect that are just podcasting audio, the, yeah you yes. people that are just listening to the look, audio just, look at that. just stare at your phone and imagine they're a lot of fun and uh people love them i i think it's so funny other uh, i think everybody's gotten used to the sweet little ducks and then when they see a dirty rat on their jeep they go yeah that's what i'm talking about so uh, <laughs> irritate people that you love by going over to cheaptalkshow.com clicking on store and uh, ordering some of those uh those uh, toe tags to uh, put on various jeeps Hey, do you want Jeep Talk Show stickers? You want them? We got them. Visit jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to get a sticker. Get one for both Jeeps. Maybe get one for every Jeep and every Jeeper you know. You'll need to send in a self-addressed stamp envelope or come out to uh, one of our off-road events. Email us to find out where to send your self-addressed stamp envelope today. How many people know what a self-addressed stamped envelope is? Because I've had people send in envelopes that were not stamped. Pre-licked. <laughs> I, I was just trying to help. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lick. I put the letters S-A-S-E on it. I don't know what else they want. That's right. Sassy. <laughs> I, I sent them a sassy envelope. <laughs> I put the letters on it. <laughs> Self-addressed stamped 
envelope. So that means you get the little stamp uh, from the post office and you put it on an envelope and you address it to yourself. And then you put that in the envelope and then send it to us. And we put a sticker in the self-addressed stamped envelope, put it in the mail and you get it back. The sticker's free. The stamp you got to pay for. Oh, again, the envelope, I guess you have to pay for it too. But uh, we would we would go broke very quickly if we were printing the uh, the stickers for free and paying for shipping. So that's basically what you're doing is you're paying for shipping with that S-A-S-E. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, last week you guys talked about the Gambler 500 where you buy a vehicle for under $500, uh, adorn it with gaudy decorations, and drive it through the woods and backcountry roads with reckless abandon. Absolutely. We have a race like that here in North Carolina. It's called Any Given Saturday. (laughs) <laughs> that's not why I'm calling uh, I'm calling to tell you that uh, my neighbor just passed away yeah he drank oh. a gallon of varnish it was a terrible end but a beautiful finish oh, I know that one was horrible <laughs> I was going to write down some better jokes with my dull pencil but it was pointless <laughs> yeah. we got a pointless. twofer tonight get it all right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. So I know Dude, the question on everybody's. The one. <laughs> I yeah. know the question on everybody's mind is, all right. So you guys are going to two episodes a week. Will there be two Nikki G's a week? And I pose this question to Nikki G, and sadly, yes, there will be two Nikki G's yeah. <laughs> per week with every episode. Keep it coming. <laughs> I think he told me that he has enough bad jokes to do five a week if if need be. Oh. <laughs> Good Lord. What a trooper. I mean, you know, what would this show be like without Nikki G? It wouldn't. I love That's it. great. Much, much different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say better. <laughs> hey, JTS. This is Arden from Salt, from Salt Lake. Um, just a couple comments on Wendy's segment from the last episode, on toe straps and the first aid kit. Toe straps, there's really only two things that people need to be, a couple things that people need to be concerned about. One is whether it's a toe strap or a recovery strap. Mm. The recovery strap is going to be better for when you're stuck. The toe strap is better for when you're trying just to get off the trail and you're having a flat toe. The second thing on those is whether it's a braking strength that they're paying attention to or the load or the working load limit. The braking strength is what it will break at. You want that typically to be about two and a half times what your vehicle's gross weight is. And then on the working load limit, usually I like to have that about 50% over what my vehicle's gross weight is. So say you have a 5,000-pound vehicle, for a working load limit, a good working load limit would be about 7,500 pounds. For a braking strength, I want it to be about two and a half times what my vehicle's weight is. So once again, the 5,000 pounds, I would want that to be about ten, about 15,000 pounds give or take, um, about 
12,000 pounds would be a good weight for that. And then on the first aid kits. A very simple way to make sure you can have the first aid kit that you put in your vehicle and that stays in your vehicle is to have it be completely dry. So you don't have any of your ointments, you don't have any chemicals or anything like that inside of your first aid kit. And an easy way to build that first aid kit is to go get a wound care kit. You go and you get a wound care kit, it has gauze pads usually, and roll gauze as well as a little bit of tape. Throw a little bit of extra electrical tape in there because, well, you're working on a vehicle, and electrical tape will hold the Band-Aid on a lot better. And you can make your own Band-Aids with the tape and the gauze pads. Mm-hmm. Another good thing to throw in there would be a couple of pressure dressings from any, any manufacturer. Israeli dressings are really good for it. Throw two or three of those in there. And those can double in an emergency situation as a tourniquet as well as just holding pressure onto the wound. I'd like to know how long that stuff, uh, how, how, how often you should uh, rotate it, you know, for being out in the sun. And uh, I, mean, I would assume some of that stuff, it, the sun really won't hurt it, or really the heat, not really necessarily the sun, uh, unless you're topless uh, all the time in your Jeep. Uh, but that, that's the kind of thing that concerns me is, is that, you know, what you put in your first gate kit, how often do you have to change it out? It's kind of like the fire extinguisher thing. You need to mm-hmm. be mindful of how, how old your fire extinguisher is. Well, well the, and he brings less, up a good point about not using the Band-Aids and using other things instead of, which also works, that might extend the the uh, lifetime of that. But a lot of those, like the Israeli bandage and some of the different things you find in a trauma kit, actually have a date stamp on them and they have an expiration. Yeah. Usually around five years, I think, is what's probably average, and that's just an average thing, but... Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. But uh, I mean, I'm guessing what he was that, saying that about, you know, no chemicals and stuff. You know, the, a tube of neosporin in there is clearly going to go bad or could explode yeah. and ruin everything Correct. else in there. Yeah. And, and that's kind of Absolutely. the point that he was making is is you can have a very simple and very effective uh, first aid kit without having a lot of the bells and whistles uh, by mm-hmm. simple, I mean, duct tape and maxi pads. I mean, hell, exactly. it'll get the job done. It'll work. Yep. I wonder if there's a uh, uh, a heart start kit that you can hook to the 12 volt battery. <laughs> well, I and I want to say thank you to Arden for calling in, and we really appreciate the comments because I agree with you. You know, excellent information. Sometimes we can't always give out every single detail because of the length of the time we have. But thank you for that, and some great ideas yeah, no, to absolutely. think about. So, yeah, the, the difference yep. between a toe strap and a recovery strap that's that's one of those things not too many people know about that and so you know we kind of point uh, try to point those things out when we uh, have those kind of topics that we go in depth with and and it helps uh, to have uh, uh, listeners like Arden uh, refresh uh, refresh people's memories every so often so thanks for that Arden Uh, you know that reminds me I need to get one of those bubba ropes to go in the uh, the gladiator one of those kinetic energy ropes wait till you see the price of those yeah I know I think that's (laughs) why I haven't bought one yet that's us too yeah, no. Well, we'll need to bring that up on a future episode because I just mentioned something that somebody out there does not know what that is. So, Well, I actually made a note. It might be a good episode to do the difference between the toe strap and the recovery strap, and I can throw the bubble rope in there, yeah, too. So, that'd be great. From a newbie standpoint, I can do something like that later. Yep. Because all three are as different as the other. Yeah. Very. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! 
If you do any kind of metal fabrication or modification at all, you know there's a lot of metal debris that can pile up in, sh in a short amount of time for even the simplest of projects. If you find yourself with a metal mess after making some brackets or, or doing a welding job where you pulled out the grinder, save yourself from having to pull a metal sliver out of your flesh by using this trick to clean up. Simply put a strong magnet in a plastic bowl or container. Even a gallon milk jug with a flat bottom would work just great for this. With the magnet sitting in the bottom of the container, skim it along the floor to pick up the shavings and all the other little slivers and stuff that are going to be down there made of metal. Now, once you've picked up all you can, move it over to the trash can and pull up on the magnet, letting all the shavings drop right into the trash. You'd be surprised to see just how much metal your broom or vacuum will miss. And the last thing you're going to want to be doing is scooting around underneath the Jeep and picking up a metal sliver or three. Look, if you've never had a sliver made of steel embed itself into your flesh, you haven't really lived. They're nearly impossible to see until they rust and turn darker in color, unless you are in the perfect angle of light, and by then the tweezers are in the way, and damn it, where did it go? It's loads of fun if you heal fast and you get a layer of skin to form over the sliver before it can oh. be extracted and continuously push it further into your body. Infection. Good times, <laughs> let me tell you. So where do you get a nice big strong magnet from? Well, pry one off the back of a blown speaker. Don't have one laying around? Well, make a trip to the thrift store and buy a crappy old speaker to sacrifice. Or try going down to a couple local stereo shops and asking the techs there if they have any blown speakers laying around that they pulled out of a vehicle recently. Don't talk to the sales guys. They're just going to try and sell you one or just blow you off altogether. But the technicians will be more likely to dig one up or have one already laying around. Another option would be to go to the junkyard and pull a junk speaker out of a car. Speaker magnets are very strong, and they are quite large, and they have the kind of magnetic force that will pull multiple layers of shavings up off the ground. Don't try and use refrigerator magnets. They're just plain and simply not strong yeah, enough, no matter suck. how many of them you cram into that gallon jug. And if you want to repurpose that big old speaker magnet that you just uh, you know found somewhere, well, they work great, stuck on the side of your toolbox to hold various screws, bolts, or other hardware, or even a quick-to-grab screwdriver that you always seem to be using all the time. What a great idea. I love it. Yeah, those. I know you're trying to go cheap there, but uh, they're not too expensive. Uh, Amazon has some great uh, neodymium uh, magnets that are amazingly strong. Uh, we got some. It's funny because our refrigerator magnets, you have to use a pry bar to get those magnets <laughs> off because they're neodymium. <laughs> Send me a link. Why not fly, fly? The oh, fan blows that oh, direction if, and stuff falls off the Yeah, bridge. if you don't know about neodymium... Oh, I can't. I said no, it. No, I know about neodymium magnets. I just typically don't see those in refrigerator magnets. Uh, well, that's, uh, I do have a couple of rare earth lose magnets a finger. that uh, <laughs> that, that are. <laughs> uh, uh, do you have a, a pair of uh, polished rare earth magnets that are on the fridge that I used to hold up uh, a stack of receipts or you know other heavier heavier items? But uh, but I've only got two of them. So uh, so yeah. So you can get like uh, three rows uh, about about two or three inches long of these uh, tic tac looking magnets. They look like uh, watch batteries, except a little thicker. And that's right, yeah. that's all you need to hold something on the refrigerator. And it no wow. wind, wind will not blow it off. So uh, yeah. Now there was one other thing you can do with magnets that you may may uh, find interesting. And I remember this from, from when I was a kid. <clears throat> Meteors are striking the Earth all the time. And if you would like to capture some meteor dust, put a magnet on your roof. Attach it with glue what? or some sort of straps <laughs> or something like that. And the magnet, Wait. the meteor dust will collect on the magnet. 
Hold on a minute. I need to put my tin hat on. Go ahead, Tony. Well, it, it won't yeah. stick to tin. It has to be a, a, a <laughs> magnetic saying, metal. I'm saying that we're going to that. We're going there now in this episode. Hang on no, a second. It's, it's fun. I mean, you know, literally, you will because be, several tons of debris falls on the earth every year. And uh, so, wait, are you being serious? I am you completely put a serious. On your Yes. And then, so how long do you have to leave it up there to collect this dust? Is it a day, um, a week, a month? It, it shouldn't take very long at all. It's happening all the time. No kidding. Yep. And all over. Doesn't matter what part of Josh I, is laughing. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not laughing. All I'm right. Just, come on. We need some of you guys to do this. I will, I will say that I think it's going to have a, a, a great deal of, of effect depending on where you live. I think that since Tony is further down what, south, do you think the meteor weather is different lot, in different parts of the country. <laughs> he's a lot closer to uh, to where rockets are launched from and stuff Aww. like that. I, I I do believe that your proximity to the equator will have an effect on this. It all depends on where they come in and how it disperses inside the atmosphere. So uh, the thing that I read so well, many years ago, it was technically it, closer to the ecliptic plane. So that's that's the science I'm I'm going with. Meteors do not so, navigate; they don't care. So. What else are you going to collect on this magnet? I'm just curious. No, it shouldn't be anything you know? else. I mean, it's not like it, it's just in your done. garage. It's not going to be metal shavings like the, what Josh was talking about. Uh, so, yeah, give it a try. I'd like to hear from some of our listeners about what you know what they collect. I could see coming out one day and go, where the hell's my screwdriver? Where the hell's all my tools? I will predict that either we will get a report next week from Wendy that Nikki G fell off the roof placing a magnet up there. Oh, God. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she's going to say, sorry, he can't do the show for or, a while. Or, more likely, he will call in... <laughs> And say, I've collected some meteor dust on my magnet. <laughs> you watch. You watch. It's going to happen. Nah, yeah. I'm completely serious. We're- yeah, either that or he's going to say, well, here was Henry on the roof trying to check out this magnet. Henry ate magnet all the b- all magnetic reason. dust. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's don't make the jokes for him. Let's let him do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, also to a follow-up to this, I've kind of learned, uh, finally, not to walk in the garage barefooted. <laughs> Because yeah, I got no, these I, little slivers I, in my foot. Seriously, oh, seriously, I, I, I walk into my garage often. I sweep. Uh, it's and I, you barefoot. Know? Well, that's ah. where my laundry facility. Yeah, that's where my laundry, my washer and dryer and stuff are. You know, if if I got something Ugh. else I got to do in the house, I got to you know tighten something up. I got to replace a, an outlet or something like that. I go into the garage for the tools. So walk into the garage and oh yeah, I forgot to clean up after I was grinding on that one bracket or something, and and now mm-hmm. my tote aches every time your, i step your foot is much like a magnet only made of flesh <laughs> yes yes <laughs> oh but this is a, it's a really good idea i mean i don't think people think about what is falling or the drippings or the little tiny shavings i love the picture you have almost looks like confetti you know or some kind oh, yeah. of stuff you'd use in the holiday basket or something but no and that that makes uh, it look all nice amazing. pretty and, and easy to grab and oh well mm-hmm. I, there's no way don't, I'm don't grab that. it don't no, grab it no, that's don't right. grab it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I always want to play with those things, and then I remember, don't touch it; it's gonna hurt. Oh, yeah, and you, even you pulling that shavings off of the the tip of the magnetic screwdriver, and oh, can get you. Yep. Well, if you have anything to add, I definitely would like to hear what you have to say, or or maybe your own uh, quick tip for Tech Talk. Uh, I certainly uh, love to hear your own version of this. Uh, and of course, if you have a topic that you would like covered, I definitely want to hear about that as well. Anything to add, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, reach out, send us a message. Maybe we can talk about meteor debris next week. <laughs> How to incorporate <laughs> that into a Jeep bill. Yes. 
You know, occasionally we're talking about uh, items that uh, you must have or you need to get or would make your life a lot easier. And oftentimes those items are on Amazon. If you're looking for those Amazon items that we're talking about on the show, you can find them by going to our website, jeeptalkshow.com. And click on the Amazon products on the show at the top of the page. It'll take you right to where you can find all that stuff. You click on it and get it for your very own. You can listen to the Jeep Talk Show live. You never know what will happen or where the conversation will go. You can only hear you. Uh oh. So you're actually getting the best part of the show, is what you're saying. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Join us every Thursday night and be part of our virtual campfire. It's the Zoom People Fall. Or oh, whoever the spokesperson was. Sure. <laughs> We're starting our own Zoom People podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook and know when and how you can join the conversation. Was it an accident or was it on purpose? That was a funny episode. I can't remember if that was the after show or if that was during the show. I think it was. Uh, no, after that was the show. After, that was the yeah, after show. That yeah. was funny. Uh, that was really funny. Especially the we've started our own. <laughs> the Zoom people have started their own podcast. That was a, a really funny one from Chris. <laughs> oh yeah. From around the world, or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Idaho ho Jeep Talk Show listeners. Uh, we're going to be talking with Tim. Uh, Tim has been at Hidden Falls Adventure Park for the past six years. He's been in the industrial supply sales industry for the past 20 years and just recently made the move to work full-time at Hidden Falls. No, he doesn't have a Jeep, but he does enjoy riding dirt bikes when he has a chance. He does appreciate the Jeep community as he sees that community at work every weekend at Hidden Falls. I bet you do. Do you get sick of the Jeepers out there, Tim? No, we make <laughs> jokes about them, though, to be honest with you. You know, um, you got the to. Jeep community, they're all, yeah, they're all good people. It's just you have a lot of characters out there, you know? Oh, yeah. Would you, you know, there's a common a common thing that we say here, and I don't want to, I don't want to get you to hurt your, your, your customers or anything, but there's a common thing that we talk about here on the, uh, the side-by-sides and the and everybody else that includes the toyotas and everybody else it just seems like the the ones that are just raising hell are on the four-wheelers or the side-by-sides do you, do you guys see stuff like that if you if you want to just uh, claim the fifth i understand <laughs> no 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 you i would not uh disagree with you there you know uh, <laughs> when we've had bad accidents out there to be honest it's usually someone on a quad that's yeah. the first thing we ask when we hear that someone's in an accident. Like, were they on a four wheeler? That's <laughs> usually what it is. <laughs> oh, jeez. So uh, now, to me, this just seems like it would be a dream job to work out there because uh, hidden. Uh, I always want to say Hidden Valley. Hidden Falls is uh, just so beautiful, and uh, uh, we were just up there with a Jeep Talk Show event on July the tenth. And I, I guess because all the rain we've been getting here in Texas recently, we actually got to see the the falls running, which. My understanding is that's unusual. I've never seen it before, but there was actually water coming over the falls. Is that thing usually dry? Yeah, it is. This time of the year, you know, um, it's usually just super dry out there. This year has been crazy with all the rain that we've had and the temperatures have been down, you know, it's been great riding weather. And yeah, because of all the rain, that's why we have the falls. But normally this time of year, those things are dried up. Yeah, we, we really appreciated the the low dust, uh, for at least through lunchtime uh, out there on uh, that Saturday because uh, with the rains that had occurred and the park wasn't wet. I mean, it wasn't like the trails were wet. It was dry, but at least there wasn't a lot of dust. And uh, would yes. you would you call that caliche uh, or a limestone uh, dust that uh, they get? To get yeah, it's killed? probably just a limestone dust. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing that we've put down. It's just the 
just the way those roads are made um, when it dries out out there. Usually this time of year, you'll see like all the trees that line all the roads are just almost white because they're covered in dust. Um, this year hasn't been like that at all. It's been really nice. So I I, I, I kind of shifted gears in the middle of a question. What's it like working out there? That's got to be a dream job. Yeah, it is. You know, I've um, I've been very fortunate um, and very lucky, to be honest. My brother started working out there shortly after they opened up back in like 2007, um, kind of on a part-time basis. They were just opening up. He was doing lots of, you know, building fences and doing a lot of the groundwork for what we have now. And, um, you know, he wanted to bring me on for a while and it just didn't work out. And several years ago, he was like, man, I just need someone to help up in the front office checking people in. And I was like, okay, well, I can do that on the weekend. So I started part-time out there and, um, you know, it was, it was great. I had a great time. I had a lot of fun, did that for about three years. And then, um, you know, due to some family situations and stuff, I had to take a little bit of time off and then, uh, just, you know, COVID hit my, my, my sales job kind of took a hit with that as well. Um, but that was a huge boom for the ranch, to be honest, because no one could do anything else. And uh, Hidden Falls was open. You know, they had it closed for about eight weeks, I believe. Um, but uh, after that, it was open and everybody was coming out there. So they've had just incredible growth in the past year. And so my brother started talking to me again. He's like, Tim, I need to get you out of here. I need to get you out of here. And I was like, all right, well, let me get this stuff figured out. And then about two months ago, I guess, we finally made the switch. And I've been out, I've been out there full time just now for about two months full time oh okay so, but yeah it is a dream job it's been something i've been wanting to do for about 10 years you know it just uh it was a timing thing um just had to get the right timing the right um the right job you know in place the need for the right job in place uh they needed so um it is a dream job i'm doing a bunch of different things i'm doing anything from it work to uh human resources to online stores, a new thing that we're trying to get going so people can buy products online as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun the past couple of months. So uh, I'll get way off track here. How's the Internet out there? Do you have decent Internet? You know, in certain areas, yes, we do. You know, um, up in the front where you check in, that's usually where I work from on Thursdays and Fridays. The Internet's great. Uh, back in the back in Area B, you know, two and a half miles from there. Um, in the in the store, I don't know if you stopped by a general store or not. Um, it's not it's not the greatest. <laughs> it's something that we're that we're working on though. We're trying to get some upgrades there, and in fact, we're hoping to get that uh, upgrade here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that would be nice. Oh, and I did have a question for you. And uh, somebody, uh, we actually met up with uh, NB Trail Team Six, which I I think you uh, you guys know very well. Uh, at the park, um, and we were using a GMRS for all the on-trail communication between the Jeep Talk Show listeners that, that made it up there and their group. Uh, it worked out really, really well, but I, I, I had this thought. Have you guys thought about uh, maybe installing a, a GMRS, GMRS repeater system uh, at the park for all the riders to be able to use, especially the ones using handhelds? Yeah, you know, we've had some ham radio stuff set up there before. I'm not sure if that's quite the same thing or not. Um, but you know, we're always looking for new ways to, to people, for people to be able to communicate better and also just get around the trails better. So right. it is something that we would definitely, um, you know, consider and talk about. Oh, great. Yeah. Cause I, I think somebody on the, uh, uh, on the GMRS group that we were, uh, using said that you guys had one and I didn't, I didn't think so. Cause I didn't hear anything, 
But uh, yeah, I noticed you guys had a, have a tower right there at the at the entrance, and it wouldn't take much uh, or much money to set one up. And I think it'd be really, like I said, really handy for the the folks that are on on the handy talkies uh, on GMRS. If you're familiar with the family radio services, that's really what GMRS is. Except uh, you get a GMRS license, you can actually use higher power and use repeaters. So that's that's the only difference. Okay. It's kind of like the FRS stuff, um, but. Uh, yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, if you want to meet, you know, online after this and give me more information about that that I could pass on and we can start discussing, I'd be happy to do that. Oh, sure. And it, apparently it's really easy and like, you know, maybe uh, uh, five or six hundred bucks to get two radios because you need a receiver and a transmitter. But like I said, like you said, we'll talk about it offline. So I'd like yeah. to know uh, now the first time I went up there, which was like 2019, I got to, to meet and talk with Carrie. Uh, am I getting the name right? Is it Carrie that, that works up there? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, and then this, the, the, when I went up there in June, I wanted to talk to her about this event that we were planning on doing in July. And, uh, then, uh, once while we were getting this, this event uh, going, I uh, sent out a request to her about getting an interview and I got you. What's, is, is Carrie afraid of me or is she just uh, concerned about <laughs> talking on the, uh, <laughs> on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love I love Carrie to death. She's a great person, and she's yeah, a talker. She she'll, she'll talk and talk and talk. She I know. Really <laughs> um, but she was just a little. She was a little. I don't know if it's being on the radio and having everybody hear her, or having to talk for thirty minutes, or what it was. Um, <laughs> but she just didn't really. It was nothing against you or the the Jeep talk show or anything like that. She just didn't really want to do it, and so she went to my brother Brian, who's like the, the trail director. And uh, he he called me in and he was like, "Hey, we have this podcast. <laughs> it's thing. rolling. Um, it's rolling downhill. Do you want to do it? <laughs> You're at the bottom yeah, of the hill, like, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, it wasn't even that. He just was like, I think you'd be good at it. I think you you speak well. You talk well. I mean." You get along with people. I think you'd be fine at it. And I jumped at it. I was like, "Oh yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that." I well, talk to all the time. So yeah, I'd love to talk about these, talk to these guys. We uh, we certainly appreciate you coming on. I mean, I do not, I do not feel you're the the lowest common denominator here. I just mainly want to give <laughs> Carrie a hard time so that next time uh, maybe she'll come on and uh, talk to people. I know that she talks to everybody that comes out there. I saw her talking to uh, Rebecca from NB Trail Team Six. Uh, had the door open yeah. and everything. So. Yeah, she's super personable, and she's been great. You know, I've worked there before she was there, and I remember when we brought her on, it was like night and day. I mean, she was just a great addition to the team. And, you know, her and her husband, Brian, they both work out there now, and they're I consider them really good friends of mine. They're great They're great people. Um, I think with Carrie, with something like this, if uh, she had a buddy system, you know, if she can do this with me or with somebody else, if it just wasn't her going solo, <laughs> she may be more open to that. Hey, man. So in the just... future, if you guys want to come back and do it again, I can probably talk her into it. All as right. long as she's got a buddy with her. Yeah. So, you know, it's just two people talking on the phone. There's nobody listening to you right now. We we put all this stuff in later in the show. So, you later know. Later on, yeah. 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 So, it's hey, there's not a bunch of people listening. Uh, anyway, um, so one of the things I wanted to ask you about, and this may be a sensitive subject for you guys, and I certainly understand it if it is. Uh, so, uh, feel free to tell me to go to hell. Um, I've heard from multiple people. Anytime I talk about Hidden Falls, I love Hidden Falls. It's it's actually beautiful, and it's a great. I mean, especially if you're. I'm. I live in Katy, Texas, so everything's flat around here. I mean, you have to. You can't mm-hmm. drive a, a jeep up on a building. That's the only only mountains we have around here, and it, it it's just really neat to be out there in the Texas Hill Country and see all the rock formations and climb up stuff and you know just do jeepy things. 
Um, the uh, but but people always say, oh yeah, Wolf Caves is better, or K two is better, or blah 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 blah. And I guess you, you I guess you always get that kind of crap. Uh, people like what they like. How do you guys? Uh, how do you guys? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you hear this yourself, but how do you, how do you defeat this this type of talk about Hidden Falls, which is like I said, just a beautiful location. Yeah, well, you know, we like to say we have something a little bit of something for everybody. You know, we're not going to please everybody all the time, but we can please most of the people most of the time, and just about all the time. Um, we're always striving to make the trails better. We got some maintenance stuff we got coming up to try to make the trails better. Um, and, and we're, but we're, yeah, remember you're, we're an off-road park for all vehicles, not just Jeeps. So we're trying to make things better for the motorcycle guys. We're trying to make things better for the ATV guys and the UTV guys. And then even the Jeep people, you know, so we we, we try to be a family friendly place as well. We want to be able to, anybody that has a four wheel drive vehicle to bring it out and have some trails to drive around in with their family and have a good time doing it. Where else can you really get to do that? in texas even take a stock four-wheel drive vehicle out to a 2700 acre park and go ride for a day off-roading nowhere else you know so yeah i apologize that we may not have um the most technical things that a lot of the really hardcore jeep people like you know but we do have some of that stuff and we have a whole bunch of other things too that they can enjoy while they're out there and so basically it's an all-around type thing it's an all-around park for uh, and and I think you met, you said something really important stock vehicles because there's new people and coming into the Jeep world or really any off-road vehicle all the time uh, so this is some place they can go in their stock Jeep and do a lot of the trails I mean I was in there in my pretty much uh, stock gladiator uh, on July the 10th and I was really surprised that I was able to go through all the trails that they took us through. I mean, they, uh, as it was told to me, there was, there's really just two trails there that you really need something that's really built up. Everything else you can pretty much handle in a, in a stock vehicle. Would you agree with that? Uh, no, I mean, we have a lot more technical stuff with like really hard level four, level five stuff that, that, um, you know, stock stuff can do. Um, but we do have a lot of stuff that stock vehicles can't. I don't think it's just two trails that, <laughs> That are too typical. I think there's more than that out there that okay. would be too typical for a stock vehicle. Okay. Well, I was just uh, checking the the information I had been given. Uh, we we yeah. threw, and I know we didn't hit all the trails out there, but I was really happy with uh, uh, the trails that we went on, and I was actually really surprised what the uh, the stock Gladiator, or I should say, nearly stock Gladiator would do. Yeah, um, you get a little bit of lift and bigger tires on it. It was white, right? I think I saw it when I was out. Uh, it's red. It has that big ass Jeep Talk Show sticker okay. on it. That's right. And if you ever seen the Jeep talk show, I, remember, I thought maybe it was white with red lettering, but I guess it was red. With, oh, no. White and black lettering. Is that what it was? Yeah. Gotta be, it's got to be red. Yeah. <laughs> got to be red. Okay. It's got to be red. <laughs> so, uh, no, I saw you guys out there. And actually, when you were checking in, I think you checked in with John Ring um, in the front. And I heard him talking, but I was cooking breakfast in the mornings. Uh, oh, on man. the weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays, I usually cook breakfast for all the, all the staff in the front there, checking people in. So I was I was busy frying yeah, up some bacon. I that, think, that's busy. Yeah, absolutely. The bacon is more important. <laughs> <laughs> so we're planning on uh, we're planning on doing another Jeep Talk Show Texas off road event uh, on about mid September. Is uh, mm-hmm. is is that a, a good time? A bad time? You just uh, you just don't know. It just depends. It just depends. I mean, that, normally that's a good time. That's usually uh, under normal circumstances on the non COVID year or any other year. Right now is when we're slow. July August even June sometimes, parts of September, 
it's it's kind of slow. Once Labor Day hits, that's when we really start picking up. October, November, December, when the weather starts to cool down, that's when we've usually been our busiest, you know. So yeah, if you were to do something mid September, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um can't promise what the weather's gonna be like. <laughs> the way this year has gone, who knows? It could be raining like crazy or it could be hundred degrees by then. Right. Yeah. Well, September is is generally uh, still pretty warm. Uh, I remember uh, getting really excited on uh, Halloween when we'd have a cold front come through, which, uh, you know, it's oh, yeah. usually trick-or-treating whenever it's uh, <laughs> it's still hot outside, which is 80 weird. Degrees, 80 degrees, 90, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of people up north are going, oh, my God, you poor bastards. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, well, at least we don't have snow. But anyway, I uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. Now, uh, let's, let's talk to the, let the people know about what kind of uh, uh, sleeping arrangements you guys have out there. Because I've kind of looked online because I think I'm going to be out there for uh, a couple of nights uh, in mid-September, come in on Friday and probably leave on Sunday. Um, what is the, what is the, what do you have available cabin-wise and how quickly do those things get snapped up? I mean, how soon should I schedule one? As soon as you can. If you know a weekend that you want to be out there, get it scheduled as soon as you can. Um, as far as, like, our accommodations, what we have out there, you know, we have anything from um, primitive camping, where you just show up, you say you find a place, you set up a tent, and you camp out. We have improved tent sites, which have water and electricity. Um, those are up in Area A by the RV park up there. And, again, all this stuff is booked online through our website. Um, and then we have our bunkhouse cabins, which there's some confusion with the bunch of, with the bunkhouses sometimes because people think that they're gonna, there's going to be bedding and mattresses and that kind of thing. But they're really just four sets of bunk beds um, with just a thin pad on them. So we ask you to bring your own bedding, but they're heated and they have AC. So that's nice. And there's out, outside area with a fire pit and that kind of thing. Um, for cooking out and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then we have the um, the Starlight Hotels, which is our newest accommodations, which are um, little one-bedroom, one-room uh, hotel rooms that have a, a set of bunk beds, but the bottom bunk's a queen-size bed, the top bunk's a twin. They have your own bathrooms, which is a huge thing, and a, a sink and that kind of deal. Uh, a front porch, you know, and then also a fire pit outside if you want to make fires at night. Those are, they're, they're pretty nice. Um, and then we also have the Zips house, which is a, I think a one bedroom, um, type of little cabin that can sleep up to, I think four and it's got a kitchenette in it and it comes with full bedding and everything else. Um, and then on top of that, I wish I knew how many exact RV sites we have. I can't tell you we have anything from just electric only sites over there by the store in area B to uh, full hookups, water, electric, and sewer um, in Zip's Corner. And then also in area A, we have full hookup RV sites there as well. Wow, that's a lot more than what I, what I was uh, thinking was out there. I'm glad I asked that. So that's really a great place to uh, take the family for a, uh, for a good weekend. Um, how bad, yeah, absolutely. How bad does it get? Like, uh, well, I guess July Fourth weekend was. Uh, how bad was it out there? Was it? Uh, when I say bad, I mean busy with uh, with a lot of people. You you guys actually have a cutoff on the amount of people that you allow there, don't you? Yeah, we do, we do. But we didn't even hit it on July Fourth. I don't oh. know if it was the rain or um, because July Fourth fell on a Sunday or what the deal is. But honestly, we weren't too crazy busy this July Fourth. You know, we were busier this past weekend than we were on uh, July 4th weekend. 
Um, and I wish I had the exact, I don't think we have an exact number of when we shut the gates. And honestly, before COVID, we never, we never did that. Um, but once, you know, that hit, we had restrictions on how many people we could allow in the park to be at capacity. And what we found by doing that is that it makes it almost a better experience for everybody that's in the park if we do cut it off. Because that way the trails aren't getting too full. You're not getting backed up trying to get up Wildcat Mountain to see, to see everything. I mean, we've had, so many jeeps and vehicles out there that the line to get up uh, Wildcat Mountain was uh, all the way up to you know Park Road One by the store. People just waiting to get, to get up there to get God. their pictures taken. Yeah, yeah. So it just depends. You know, uh, this weekend was pretty busy, but it wasn't like it didn't feel overly packed. If that makes sense. I mean, it's twenty six hundred acres. You, you get out there, get on the trails. You know, you can get pretty spread out out there. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't very bad. Uh, I mean, I, I I didn't see a group as big as the one that I was with, uh, the Jeep Talk Show group, and the NBTRL Team Six. I didn't see another group that size, and I think we had twelve or fifteen, yeah. twelve or fifteen Jeeps. Um, would you say? I that, think we were busier that weekend. I think we were busier the weekend you were out there than we were on Fourth of July. Okay, well, that wasn't. I, I didn't find it yeah. didn't seem that busy. There was no uh, waiting to get to Wildcat Mountain. I had never been there before. Yeah. Uh, some of the other Jeep Talk Show listeners said, "Oh yeah, we got to go over there and take some pictures." And I went, "Oh, I had been to the top before, but I didn't know there was a, another little jog that you went, and then you could uh, see out over the the hill country so well. It's a, just you know a great area, and and obviously a, a perfect place for take uh, take pictures." Uh, how many would you would you say that the uh, Jeeps are the uh, as far as uh, uh, for uh, four-wheeled vehicles, um, or I guess legal on-road vehicles, would you say Jeep is the majority of what you see out there, or is there a, a, a more of a Toyota or any of the other uh, other brands? Yeah, it's definitely Jeeps. It's definitely Jeeps for a bunch of reasons. They're, they're the huge community for Jeeps. They're, they're like clubs, you know. They have sure. all these Jeep clubs. People join them, and it's also a great family vehicle. People can pack up their families and load them in their one vehicle and take it out there and have a great time. So, yeah, uh, Jeeps are probably the most popular vehicles that we have out there. We- yeah, that's what, that's what I saw mostly um, out there. Oh, yeah. I, I did want to ask you this about the uh, the campsites. Uh, you mentioned a fire pit. Is there any time that mm-hmm. the fire pits are not allowed to be used? Yeah, I mean, we will if, if the Burnett County, that's where we're located at, is in a burn band. You know, we'll we'll have to uh, initiate a burn ban on the ranches at the at in the falls as well. Um, but with all the rain that we've had, um, we we haven't had to do that. Yeah, cause, we've had to do it in the past, but not this year. Yeah, because I'm planning on uh, having a group there probably uh, uh, Saturday night, and we need to sit around a fire so we can tell lies. It's not the same. <laughs> the lies aren't as good yeah. if the fire's not there. <laughs> no, you got to have a fire. Yeah, yeah. you got to have a fire yeah, out yeah. there for sure. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> All right, Tim. Now, uh, you know how the kids love the social media these days. How how can uh, people go? And now, of course, I, I'll mention the website, hiddenfallsadventurepark.com. And, of course, we'll have that in our yep. uh, this episode's show notes. So just go to jeeptalkshow.com, and, and you'll have that. Uh, we'll have that link there. But hiddenfallsadventurepark.com. Now, as far as social media goes, uh, where can people uh, uh, go or, or can they go someplace and, and look at maybe pictures or get more information on uh, uh, Hidden Falls Adventure Park, uh, more up-to-date information like Facebook and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. We have Facebook and Instagram. It's just Hidden Falls Adventure Park. You just do a search for that on Instagram or Facebook, and we post pictures. We post if we have events going on, we'll post there. If it's a special weekend, like a holiday weekend, we have different hours than we normally do. We'll post the hours on there as well. Um, 
we have people that will uh, direct message or DM us pictures uh, of them out there on the park and on the trails, and we'll post those pictures as well, telling people, look, these people had a great time, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Hidden Falls Adventure Park on Instagram and Facebook. Great. Yeah, I'll have to send you some pictures of uh, the Jeep Talk Show uh, Gladiator so you know what color it is for next time. Yeah. And, uh, Tim, when we come yeah. out uh, sometime in mid-September, I think we're looking at uh, the 18th, uh, I'll, uh, I'll uh, stop in there and say, where's Tim? Is he cooking bacon? Tell him to get somebody else to watch that while he talks to me. Yeah. <laughs> Either do that or if you wait a little bit longer, I usually run back to the store, the general store in the back on Saturdays and Sundays, and I work back there the rest of the day helping out, checking out customers and giving information, showing people on the maps where to where to go and what to do and that I got gotcha. you. You know, for sure. my wife and I were there in June, kind of a, like a, a pre-run uh, before the event, and uh, I had to buy her a uh, Hidden Falls t-shirt. So if you were in yeah. there, I probably already met you. You may have. I'm not sure if I was back there at that time. I don't remember. Well, Craig, I wish I would have known. I would have said something, but I don't know if I remember seeing <laughs> you or not. But it could have been someone else working in the store, and I may have just been running around doing some other things. Well, sure. But the, for sure, next time you're out there, we'll have to meet up. Yeah, the two folks that were there were very friendly, which is nice. It's uh, good. Uh, it's uh, it, it's great. It's not like oh, here comes another jeeper. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no man that's not our attitude at all we want everyone to have a good time out there everyone's coming out you know when you work in sales and you're trying to sell stuff to people that you know don't really don't really want it it's a tough job yeah uh the job that i have now everyone loves being out there they just want to be out there to have a good time it's much easier to talk and sell to people that are out there having fun and taking their family to something they want to do you know so that's what makes the place so great well, Tim, I know you like riding uh, dirt bikes out there, but man, you got to get a Jeep so you can uh, uh, travel along with the group here uh, next on because we're going to have more than uh, one event. We're going to have a couple of them. Yeah, a couple of them. All right. Well, I don't know that I'll ever be a Jeep guy. It's just it may not be my thing, but I, I was, I've always been a Ford guy, and I actually used to have a '93 Ford Bronco that I just oh, I just sold recently, oh, regret, regrettably. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, I'm always looking for a deal and looking for something. So you know, I'm not going to totally discount ever buying a Jeep. You know, if the right deal comes along, maybe. Hey, um, it's not <laughs> it's not the right thing for some people. Some people don't like uh, you know following the crowd, and I, I certainly understand that. Maybe what you can do is get one of those new Broncos. And then you can drive along with us, and we can make fun of you. I could, yes, that'd be fun. I, I got thick skin. I can take some jokes. There's no problem. With that. <laughs> We'd have to keep getting you stuck. I like up the new Broncos. Up. They're all right, but they're not the same as the old. No, the old they're Black not. Black. Yeah, so I'm not the biggest fan of even the new Broncos. Yeah, the late '60s, and even the ones from the '70s were really cool too. So, yeah, yeah. it's a shame yeah. it, they keep doing the same thing over and over again. Jeep does the same thing. I, I have a Cherokee that uh, <laughs> that I'm planning on uh, towing the. Uh, towing out there on the gladiator and uh it's it's you know they came out with a new cherokee and it was just crap compared to the old cherokee it just they just didn't the old schools yeah, yeah it looks like a your basic uh, reebok tennis shoe to me so yeah <laughs> with that well, those uh, old school those old school cherokees we've had several of the park rangers that work out there that drive those and those things are like indestructible they've had them out there for <laughs> 10 years and they just keep they just keep running they'll go they'll go anywhere we used to have a guy that would come out there and you would see the machine that he was in. He would lead like groups, like new, like we call them newbie runs, when you have a bunch of new people that want to come out. Right. And he would lead them around. And you saw his Cherokee, no doors, bald tires, not a big <laughs> lift or anything on it. And he would go everywhere with that thing. You know, it was it just run, it just ran and ran and ran and 
So yeah. honestly, if I was to get a Jeep, it may be if I could find one an old an old chair. Oh, they are so expensive now. I just it just oh, amazes nowadays, yeah. me. Everything is. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I mean, the, but the Cherokees are so rare since they they stopped making them uh-huh. in two thousand one, and the prices have just skyrocketed. It's just, you used to be able to get a get one that wasn't running because the uh, the crank position sensor was out for five hundred bucks. You, you know, spend a hundred bucks and you'd just put it in there yeah, and drive yeah. it home. Nah, yeah. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, Tim, that's enough. Yeah. That's enough for tonight. We uh, we really appreciate you okay. being on here, and uh, I'll reach out to you yeah. next time we go out there, probably uh, mid September. Thank you so much for uh, uh, not being chicken like Carrie was and getting in on here and doing the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Hey, can I <laughs> add one more thing, real quick? Absolutely. All right. So we we are hiring right now. We have a couple of part time positions that we're hiring for that potentially turn into full time. Sometimes we need help. Just running people in and out of the park, getting people in there, getting them situated, that kind of thing. So if anybody is looking for a part-time gig that potentially turn into a full-time, who knows, um, then send me your resume. Can I give out my email address? Of course you can. Yeah, of course you can. Okay. You can email me at tim at hfapark.com. So it's tim at... HFA, like Hidden Falls Adventure, and then Park is spelled out, P-A-R-K dot com. Um, send me your resume. Send me some information about yourself. Tell me what you're, you know, what you'd like to do, what you're looking for, that kind of thing. And we're always looking for people to help us out out there. Wow. What a great deal. I mean, that would really be nice uh, to uh, have a job out there at a, at a venture park. Not so much if you didn't have a Jeep, but, uh, you know, Tim makes it work. <laughs> you can have other things too, man. You can ride dirt. But hey, I told you we're here for everybody. Anybody that wants to get up there and ride something doesn't have to always be a Jeep. It can be. Anything. We do appreciate our Jeep people. Uh, <laughs> love the Jeep community. They're always willing to help people out. I've seen that yeah. um, time and time again with people breaking down out there. They're always willing to jump in and help. You know, tow somebody out or pull them back or fix something. So I, I have real appreciation for that. Just people helping people. That's yeah, awesome. it's it's great. Never never leave the man behind. I think is the way uh, the way it goes. Well, Tim, thanks so much That's for cool. being with us tonight, and uh, we'll we'll yep. uh, like to have you back sometime uh, in the future, and you can give us some updates on uh, Hidden Falls, maybe six months or so down the road. Yeah, for sure, be happy to. All right, have a great night. Well, big thanks again for Tim, uh, to Tim, rather, for taking the time to talk about, well, his experience with Jeepers and, of course, working at Hidden Falls Adventure Park. A lot of people's dream uh, to be working at a uh, an off-road park certainly has it pretty good there, I would have to imagine. And, uh, Tim, I'll be looking for the VIP pass in the mail. Thanks. <laughs> Hey, do you have an idea for a guest? Maybe you work in the off-road industry or know somebody who does. Maybe you yourself would like to be a guest here on the Jeep Talk Show. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Hey, and coming up next week, Evan Robbins with treadlightly.org. I know that place. I know you do. So, uh, we had a, a, a great conversation and you get to listen to it next week. Jeep Talk Show Texas Off-Road Event number two will be Saturday, September 18th. Keep listening to the show for more information. Hey, and I'm going to be there. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. 
Tony, Josh, and Wendy, this Jeep Life episode was supposed to be about how to keep campfire smoke from following you around, but I'm going to push it back a couple of episodes. There is just too much I have to share with y'all from the past couple of days. First off, the gang at True Patriot, you know, the ones we interviewed several episodes back on the Jeep Talk Show? Well, they stopped by our shop. They're the veteran charity group who helps disabled vets. They made a trek across the U.S. to wheel in Colorado. Well, they made a pit stop at our shop last week as they were heading back to the East Coast. It was fun meeting them all and seeing all the cool rigs they had. They reached out to us before the trip to see if we would help support them in case of any breakdowns or needing help on the trails. And of course, we said yes. We patched up a few of their rigs and gave them use of our tools and shop. And we also put them up for the night at the campground we stay at. What a great group of folks and an amazing charity. The next day was our monthly Colorado 4x4 trail ride. One of our goals with this business is to build a Jeep slash off-road community here in the Valley. You would be so surprised at the lack of Jeep community here in the Valley. It's like we're 20 years behind the times. There are tons and tons of all kinds of Jeeps and off-road vehicles, but everyone seems to do their own thing. Most of them don't even know about the Jeep wave. (gasps) Can you believe that? Well, we hope someone will step up to create a 4 by group we're just here trying to get it started so this month's trail ride we decided to make it a camping one an overnight trail ride you know there are so many trails here in this area it's unbelievable we decided to take stony pass which takes you over to silverton and oray Stony Pass was the original road slash trail in 1872 that connected the San Juan's mining operations in the Silverton area to the front range of the Rocky Mountains. There are amazing views of the Continental Divide and the headwaters of the Rio Grande River. The road was originally developed for pack animals. Now it's a mild 4x4 road. We hit the trail just outside of Creek, Colorado, near the Rio Grande Reservoir and headed towards Silverton. That's where all those famous trails like Black Bear Pass are. The views on Stony Pass are spectacular, and the trail is rich with mining history. We got to see a mountain goat and a moose, from a distance, of course. Once we got up to the pass, we were at 12,500 feet. Here in Colorado, that's the tree line. That's where trees stop growing. Being above the tree line is so amazing. There are wildflowers everywhere. And this is called the alpine tundra, a very delicate ecosystem, which is why it's so very important to stay on the trail. Just stepping off the trail for just a second can do damage that will take hundreds of years to repair. This is also where the the Continental Divide goes through. The Continental Divide separates the Atlantic and Pacific watersheds, and it's a very popular trail among hikers. Then we headed to the Alpine Loop, another trail that is full of mining history and a lot of mining ghost towns. Then it was on to Engineer Pass, one of the most scenic trails in Colorado, as well as a Jeep Badge of Honor trail. It's at an elevation of 12,800 feet, one of the highest roads in Colorado. Now, all of these trails have so much history. In the late 1800s, miners started digging gold, silver, and lead, and other ore in the San Juan Mountains. So they needed a way to get the people and the ore to the nearby towns. These roads left by long abandoned mines are now some of the most famous off-road trails in the books. And Engineer Pass is one of them. And it's part of a trail known as the Alpine Loop. There are multiple mine ruins to view and explore, 
Some are clearly marked and some not. Of course, you should never enter these structures or disturb the area in any way, because a lot of these structures are in shambles. Mile after mile of this trail provides amazing views. This trail intersects with the Jeep Badge of Honor Trail Poughkeepsie Gulch, which has a very difficult obstacle called the wall, which a lot of people require to be winched up. At that intersection is the most amazing little camping spot along a creek with two waterfalls. It was awesome to be lulled to sleep by the rushing water and the deer running through a camp in the middle of the night. I hope it was deer anyway. This camping spot is about two miles from the trailhead outside of the array area. As you head east on Engineer Pass, the first several miles are rocky switchbacks. Now a stock gladiator made it through it fine on this part of the trail. They rate the trail as a 4 out of 10 in difficulty and a 10 in views. A stock Jeep can definitely make it on this trail. You just need to be able to pick good lines and know that if you're afraid of heights, it's going to be kind of hairy. The trail is 20 and a half miles long and takes anywhere from three to five hours. Depending on the sightseeing you do with the amazing sweeping vistas and waterfalls, you could really spend all day taking in all these spectacular views. Then there's how fast you run that shelf road. The trail goes well above the tree line at 12,900 feet. With that elevation comes stunning views of the mountains to the north. The view is so expansive at the summit that on a very clear day, which it wasn't for us because of all the smoke in the area, you might be able to see all the way to Utah when you turn your eyes to the west. Now, to get to that summit, there's a shelf road that's going to test your fortitude. Now, if you know me, it tested every fiber of my being. I'm deathly afraid of heights. I have a hard time even going up on a ladder. I knew it was going to be tough. One point, there were tears rolling down my cheeks. I couldn't even take my white-knuckled hands off the wheel to wipe my tears. My right leg still is in pain, and my knee is swollen. I was uber-tense the whole ride of this shelf road, but it was definitely worth it. The views alone and the fact that I did it and overcame my fear and pushed through. Am I cured of fear of heights? No, but it's going to get much easier each time. Plus, my son Ben was with me, and he saw me pushing through that fear. Once we reached the top and got to take in the views, he hugged me and said he was so proud of me. I was so relieved we made it alive, I broke down in sobs. If you aren't afraid of heights, it's something you'll never understand. It is an exhilarating trip for drivers of all experience levels. There are many mines and points of historical views along the way. You can get your Jeep badge of honor for your Jeep, plus knowing you conquered your fears, if you're afraid of heights like me. The shelf road is intense with a lot of drop-offs, and it's very busy as it's a popular trail with the dirt bikes, ATV, side-by-sides, and other Jeepers. I will be posting the highlights of the shelf road video and a second video, The History of Engineer Pass, soon on YouTube. The video will be of what I saw out of the window. Now, if you only listen to it, it's going to sound like a triple X movie. <laughs> Lots of swearing for sure. Oh, no. Next week on Jeep Life, I will give you some tips on keeping that campfire smoke from following you around the fire. Unless I do another crazy trail ride this weekend. All right. Stop me oh. if you've heard this one. A moose, a goat, and Jeep Mama walk into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this sounds amazing and breathtaking. It's definitely something that we want to do is get to hit those trails in Colorado. Oh, my and God. She just sort of described it in such sounds a way that I'm thinking, wonderful. holy cow, 
Yeah, that be- height. I mean, I've seen the pictures. I could just imagine what it is to you know to be engulfed exactly. at three hundred and sixty degrees of of uh, of beauty. I just want to mention real quick, and I, I know that our longtime listener uh, knows this, but Jeep Mama has done such a amazing transformation in her life. All uh, well, I don't want to say all self generated. Part of it is like m- many times uh, when relationships uh, change or end. Uh, it's not necessarily your choice, but she is. Uh, she's grown and developed, and all of it really was because of her interest in driving a Jeep, so she could take the top off. That was her only interest in Jeeps initially. Was she wanted wow. to be able to have a Jeep so she could take off the top, just like she saw somebody at a uh, a Boy Scout meeting. I thought it was so cool, and then she got rid of that that Jeep. And got one that was a Rubicon with lockers and all kinds of, you know, everything that the Jeep can throw on a, a on a, a a Wrangler. And she's she's taken to it. She's not a mall crawler for sure. I mean, oh. uh, both Josh and I get uh, crap from people about Tammy wheels more than we do, <laughs> and she does. Well, and well, and, and look at everything that you said. I mean, I, I don't know her as long as you guys have known her, and look at what she's accomplishing. I mean, a shelf road yeah. scaring the crap out of her. She's like, holy cow, I'm doing it. So good for you, Tammy. And I'm glad that you got through it. And I know it's not going to cure you of those heights, but you did it. Well, she survived. And uh, so that, yeah. that makes a big difference. Now, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Something like that. <laughs> well, how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories. So contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Deep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. And this week, uh, well, it's uh, something that can help your Jeep out when your Jeep has uh, let you down a little bit. Uh, you never know when a lost line can lead you to some dented metal. Traction is not absolute, no matter how well your Jeep is built. And someday, you may just find yourself... A little deeper in the rocks than you had intended. And now there's some metal in places it shouldn't be. Now, this could be a bent fender digging into the tire. Any more of that, and you'll be pulling out the spare. Or maybe it's something preventing your fan from spinning. Who knows? In any event, you may find yourself in need of a good pry bar. Prying on things is a part of wheeling at a certain extent when you get to a certain level. Carnage will happen, and you can't always rely on self-clearance to, well, make things go again. So, when you need to bend something back or bend it out of the way, you need a good pry bar. And no, that one flathead screwdriver is not going to cut it. <laughs> one, you're going to need one long enough to provide serious leverage, but not so big it becomes cumbersome to use or a burden to keep in the Jeep. You also don't want one that's going to bend really easy or will break because of shoddy materials or manufacturing standards. A good pry bar set can run in excess of $200, but I'm here to tell you, you don't need to spend that much to get something good. But I'm also here, uh, I'm also not going to endorse the purchase of a pry bar from Harbor Freight either. That's completely at the opposite end of the spectrum, and I can speak from personal experience, those break way too easily. A good, versatile three-piece set that checks all the boxes can be had for around the $50 price point. One set that I have had good luck with comes in right under that, and they're available at any Home Depot. 
It's the Husky brand, three-piece three heavy-duty pry bar set. It comes in a 12-inch, 17-inch, and 25-inch long pry bar set. Uh, black phosphate coating on the shaft. It provides corrosion resistance, so no worries keeping it in the Jeep or using it year-round. And the through-handle design and striking end cap provides superior strength over many of the other competitors. They are, they are also backed by a lifetime warranty with no questions and no receipt required for return. That's what I call standing behind a tool's reputation. Hey, who you calling a tool? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think I think that the largest one uh, there, and you correct me uh, on this if you don't think it's long enough, um, and, and be careful, uh, that would be a good tool when you're looking for death wobble so that you can check your TREs and uh, ball yes. joints and stuff. So yes, you can, uh, absolutely. That's And that's the one that you pretty much want to keep in the Jeep uh, at all times, uh, if, if you will. Um, uh, it could be used for all sorts of things. Uh, but like as Tony had mentioned, uh, yes, if you want to uh, check the front end of your Jeep, this is the tool that you need or will need to do it unless you're you know built like Hercules. Uh, it's going to be enable you to, to lift up underneath the tire to check the ball joint, I uh, need you to enable you to pry on it uh, in any one direction or another to, to test either a tie rod end or a wheel bearing, something like that. So, yeah, these things have lots and lots of uses. And trust me, they work much better than a flathead screwdriver. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of are like a flathead screwdriver, but on steroids. Uh, and, yeah, they've uh, got a they've got an angled end, so uh, it gives you that ability to sort of get in under something or or get into something, and, and having that that little bit of a crook in it uh, will will give you that give you that leverage that you need to well pry if you will yeah uh and having the three sizes i, I will tell you that the 12 inch one um is is really nice uh it works for all sorts of things um but uh you know 17 inch uh, also really good can use for for most of your uh, mechanic type stuff but the big bad boy uh the big 25 inch one uh, that's that's the one you're going to use to to bend stuff out of the way bend stuff back uh to clear something or just beat your friend senseless. I, you know, if you just look at <laughs> look at your Jeep wrong. Yeah. Well, the cool thing to do is you get the really big one, and you go, go up to your friend and say, "Look, I don't mean to pry," and then hilarity ensues. So <laughs> no, <laughs> I've been meaning to get a set of these for a long time, and I keep forgetting about it. I have some really, really big screwdrivers that I use, and then whenever the big screwdriver is not not good enough, I have a crowbar that I have to try to angle Which in too there thick, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. the actual cast iron crowbar that has yeah. the, the hook on one end that's the yeah. crowbar oh yeah. Those, yeah those are great you know I mean, they, they come in handy for certain things every now and again Put and to be honest on. they work great <laughs> oh yeah i've used a, a cat's claw before uh for prying on the jeep before um yeah but you know these these pry bars if you need to you know, if you've taken off your control arms, <laughs> you need to get things uh, yeah. moved back into position to where you can put the control arms back. You're definitely going to need one of these. Yeah, I use the screwdriver, so I, I know what you're talking about. I got to get me a set of these. I'm gonna I'm gonna check uh, Amazon and see if they have it because Home Depot. I have to actually walk in the place, and and that's not gonna well. Be yeah. Nah, yeah, nobody needs that. But yeah, uh, but but through Amazon, you're not going to get something with a lifetime warranty where you can just walk into any store in any town that you're in and exchange it um, right there without a receipt. I don't, I don't want to walk into the store. Right? Let me rewind a bit. Uh, I guess yeah, you're I, buying a new tool. I guess you're <laughs> buying multiple tools, multiple times. I've I've had really good luck with tools. I I've had a couple of uh, socket wrenches that I've uh, I've broken over a long period of time. But uh, yeah. screwdrivers and stuff, nah. That crowbar, no way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, now that you must have a good, reliable pry bar set to add to your tool and recovery collection, we're going to make it easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 499. Well, you know what? We're going to ask the listeners to share the Jeep Talk Show on their social media platforms. Like Tony mentioned earlier in the show, we're requesting every rat bastard and all you non-rat bastards to share the Jeep Talk Show on your social media. Why not let people know about the show? You enjoy it. Now listen, we've even made it easy for you. You simply go to jeeptalkshow.com and at the bottom of each episode you post. You'll see an icon for popular social media platforms. Just click the icon and let your friends know about that episode. And share them all, guys. So to share them all. Yeah, so Josh, Wendy, were, were you guys aware that at the bottom of the, the post of the pages, there's actually a series of icons there that like, you know, for Facebook or Twitter? Well, I've seen that on, on other websites and have accidentally clicked on them and like, no, 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 no. I don't want to endorse that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> so that's, that's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a common thing. And of course, the JeepTalkShow.com website has that. So you don't have to go through any special gyrations of copying and pasting. You just click on the whatever, you know, Facebook icon, for example. And it goes right there, and it shares that episode uh, with your friend or, or a whole group of friends, actually. So uh, if, if you only have uh, five friends, then uh, step it up. Get some more friends. Those are rookie numbers. So, But, you know, here's, here's something I've learned, too, about social media a little bit, is that even though you post something and you think, hey, my circle of friends may or may not have Jeeps, they know people that do. That's very true. So what I find yeah. is it sort of gets and it gets bigger and bigger and somebody else posts it and then they repost it and repost it. So that's really what we're asking for is people just to start sharing and uh, let's get it out there. Get the word out there. Well, that's why we started the 4x4 Radio Network, too, is because we know that not everybody is into Jeeps. It's, you know, mm-hmm. not their fault. Insane. Just, you know, yeah. I, I blame the parents personally. But, sure. But that's just me. <laughs> Genetic uh, no, experimentation. Listen, we got, we got, you got something for everybody, you know. So, if nothing else, at least promote the uh, the four by four radio network. Holy cow! We got to uh, get a, a stay up here to, to start uh, helping us with parking. Look I'm, at all these uh, I'm starting yeah, a second fire. Uh, we need we yeah. need another fire for this this group. <laughs> we need another we're gonna fire. To, <laughs> we're gonna have to separate these. We need the kitty fire, you know, like in the Thanksgiving <laughs> where you get the, the the adult table and the the, the kitty yeah. table. We need like the oh. fire and the kitty fire. I'm not gonna say oh. who's at the kitty fire table. No, <laughs> it's a short table over here. Now, uh, <laughs> this is the part of the show where each and every week we uh, we ask you, the listener, to join us as we record the show live and to talk about whatever topic it is that we've pulled out of the hat. Careful. Yes, that's we've pulled things from <laughs> and uh and each week it's it's a different uh, different topic that we talk about sometimes it's debate uh, sometimes it's just a uh uh you know one or the other type of thing uh, sometimes it's just an opinion uh but either way we enjoy we uh we would love to have you join us if this is your first time with the show uh it's very easy to do we're going to talk about how you can do that here in a little bit um but uh but for now we're going to jump right into this we've got a long list of uh, of listeners around the campfire tonight so we're going to try and get to them all uh, and what we're going to be talking about is sort of a um, an old debate, if you will, maybe a new debate for some people. And, you know, Jeeps are outfitted from the factory now in such a way that you can literally push a button on the dashboard to put the Jeep into an off-road mode, complete with preset gear ratios and undercarriage camera views of the ground below you. Who'd have thunk it, right? And over here we have a YJ with leaf springs and a 350 or a 350 V8, right? To completely polar opposite. So the question I propose to you: Which is better? Old Jeeps or new Jeeps? 
we've got a nice mix of, uh, of both old and new Jeep owners uh, around the campfire tonight. So uh, we're going to be uh, hearing stuff from, from either end of the spectrum and maybe even in the middle a little bit as well. Uh, coming up here right uh, off the bat, we're going to talk with Chip, who has uh, been with us uh, many times around the campfire. Uh, Chip, what would you have to say is better, old Jeeps or new Jeeps? And tell us why. Wow. Hard question. I've got both. Um, <laughs> so I upgraded, I upgraded to a 2014 JK Rubicon to take on road trips because I drive to where I wheel. And so I headed out to Moab. I just got back from Roush Creek. Oh, nice. So for the, for the creature comforts of getting to the trail and the capability and dependability of both what it's going to do on the trail and getting me back home, the new Jeeps are pretty, pretty sweet. I've got a, I've got a couple CJs, a CJ5 that I've taken off-road a lot, uh, a CJ7 that's more of a ice cream Jeep. But the, the CJ5 is extremely capable. I, this trip to Rafts Creek, um, there were like three or four JLs, uh, about five JKs, and two CJs. And the only two vehicles that broke down on the trail were the CJs. And they were trying, they were, but they were, but they were trying to do more aggressive stuff than the rest of us mm-hmm. because they were CJs and they beat them and they drive them hard and they were very dependable vehicles overall. But one broke a, oh, they broke a, 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 a plate, the, the attachment for the shock off. They, one of them ran Ooh. a fan through a radiator because the way the, the, the transfer case skid is, is mounted up in there. But, you know, it, <laughs> There's nothing like having an old old Jeep and the classiness of it and doing a trail in a classic. I mean, I respect the heck. I, if I had the money, I'd, I'd probably someday own a, a Willys just to have fun with it. Yeah. So it's really across the board. But the dependability on and off, got to go. I mean, the JKs and JLs, pretty nice vehicles. Had a TJ. It was good, but there were some things I didn't like. Comfort was one. Hmm. Yeah, the older Jeep's uh, comfort certainly is one of those things that uh, didn't make it uh, to the engineering board, uh, as it were. I mean, hell, I didn't even put cup holders in the Jeeps until the you know, late <laughs> yeah. 90s or something. <laughs> uh, Christopher with us uh, here tonight. Christopher, uh, old versus new. Which is better? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, just I've got a 90 or 2002 wj so i'm just gonna go with that era <laughs> it's not too bad well, somewhere, somewhere in the middle maybe somewhere in the middle you like no i mean jeeps have been around but, for jeeps have been around for 80 years now uh and so there's there's a lot of lineage to go around here so i mean we're, we're maybe about two-thirds of the way through uh through with uh with your generation but uh but nonetheless uh, I mean, you, you certainly have a, uh, a one that, that has a lot more creature comforts than, than the earlier days and, and a lot of more creature comforts than other Jeeps of the same era, even. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of in the middle, so kind of uh, I like creature comforts, but I like to keep it easy or simple. That's something my engineering professor told me all too often. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. All right, Jimmy Jeep here with us tonight. Jimmy, um, old versus new, which way would you go? Well, for simply curb appeal, I have to go with old just because there's nothing better than vintage metal. metal. Um, 
when it's sitting at the curb. But when you're actually going off road, um, <laughs> then you got to start worrying about what altitude you're at. If your carburetor is going to go suck enough air, and you know, and then then you got to worry about entry and exit angles because you've got these springs. So if you if it's actually for wheeling, I have to go with anything that's quadricoil or new, or newer, some coil sprung. Um, just so you can get the great entry and exit angle angles, but for like just loving to look at it, you gotta love some uh, vintage machines. Um, yeah. So, so you figure resto resto mod would be the way way to go, so you get all the new stuff on the uh, the old iron. Yeah, the first time I went to to Hot Springs, I had a guy in a, an old CJ five in front of me, and and he it, he had completely restored it, but he kept he had to like gun it and he was running lean like i smelled gas the whole time i was behind him because the second he took more than a 15 degree up angle he'd starve out his car yeah oh man yeah some of those little carburetors uh they just did not like to perform off camber uh, i know there was a, a series of carburetors that i was it Eld- uh, edelbrock that edelbrock. made i can't remember now that they had like an angled bottom to them so they actually right. perform well off road it wouldn't stall out uh, quite as easy as you were going up a uh, up an obstacle, uh, but nonetheless, yeah, carburetors uh, versus fuel injection uh, off road, almost no comparison. Uh, what about Larry Jeep and Mo? What would you say is uh, is your preference, old versus new? Which is a better Jeep? I think it really comes down to if you're going to build a uh, a rig just to go out on the trails, I'm going to tow it out and just kind of beat on it a little bit. Or if you're going to actually have to drive 15 hours to get there, and then you're going to wheel, well, that to me, I like newer ones for that comfort of driving, kind of like what you know Jim was saying. Those comforts of those long drives are nice, and the new ones go out, do some light wheeling, and then drive it home. But if I was dedicated, I would probably go more of the older. You know, there's something to be said about vintage. Uh, but that being said, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't want to drive a CJ3A uh, 15 hours to go to a to a park or something like that. Uh, you know, this is definitely one of those things about, you know, what are you going to be doing with it uh, is a lot right. of the context be- behind, you know, answering this question. And, and, and really, there is no right or wrong question or right or wrong answer uh, to this because uh, it, it's all personal preference, really. Uh, Mike, what would you have to say about this personal preference? Uh, do you like the do you like the performance or the looks of the old Jeep, or or would you uh, like to stick with the new stuff? Yeah, uh, I've got. Uh, I'd, I'd have to go the new right now. Um, I, I I don't have a trailer to take an old Jeep, so I I drive everywhere I go and uh, hit the trails with that, and I. I try to drive them home, you know, got to go drive it home. So, uh, I'd go with the new more than I would the old. I do like the old though. There's something to be said about the style of yesteryear. It it is one of those things to where you can't help but look at it. Uh, and, and I've seen some old Jeeps on the trail that, that straight up outperform some of the new stuff. I've, I've seen YJs just crawl like a spider. And and guys have them built up. They just they know how to set up the springs, uh, know how to move those axles around, and and really seen some amazingly performing CJ sevens and 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 YJs uh, do some just amazing things in the rocks. Uh, but that being said, you know I've I've seen some really sweet uh, JLs and, and and stuff out there as well um, that that really just blow blow you away uh, with the stuff they can do. So I mean, it's it's a Jeep. Come on, it, it it's it, it's going to crawl no matter what. Steve-O, what would you say? Old versus new, 
which is better? I'm going to go in the middle here. I mean, I've got my JL, which I love to death, um, comfort, but I had a 98 XJ, you know, and I drove that thing 21 hours from here down to Daytona, no non-stopping by myself, and it was very comfortable. Um, enjoyed it off-road, did, did awesome. So, I mean, I've never driven anything with a carburetor as far as off-roading, so I can't speak to that, but it sounds like that was an experience all on its own. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I'm right there in the middle. I mean... I, I love the old the XJs, and I had a WJ, which didn't do much off roading. So, but that, now I'm in a 19 jail, and uh, it's 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 comfortable. Let's put it that way. It's a little spoiled. Yeah, I've always thought about, and, and no no offense to uh, to Christopher out there, I always thought like the Grand Cherokee guys, um, they were spoiled. Because they had the bigger seats. It was super comfy. The leather interior, right? You know, the eight-way power seats and air conditioning, you know, all, everything. Uh, and it was just, oh, I can, I, can, I can navigate this trail with my pinky. You know, and, and, it's, and it's like, you know, no, it's over the years, they've become a lot more commonplace. The modifications ha- have uh, certainly increased and the, uh, the uh, uh, aftermarket support has certainly increased quite a bit. And now it's, it's very much more commonplace to see Grand Cherokees out on the trail. Uh, than than you would have seen 10, 15 years ago. Uh, oh, and so now now that that stigma, I think, has degraded somewhat, especially now with, you know, the JTs, um, uh, the JKs, you know, all the newer generations of Jeeps with their creature comforts uh, that Jeeps of yesteryear just never had. Uh, and and they're performing very well, and the longevity is, is more or less there as well. So a uh, lot to be said for, for the new as well as the old. Uh, yeah. Chris, sevenslats.com, uh, what would you say on this topic? Uh, are you, do you lean a little bit more to the old, or would you stick with the new? I'd say old because I've got a JK, and the JK is technically old now, so I'd say up to the JK, and there, the JK back. Uh, the JLs, the JTs are great. I'd like to have one, can't afford one, but uh, yeah. just the new technology you mentioned at the beginning of the segment with the cameras and the, all the, the driver assistance aids, that's just not me. I, I don't like it. And uh, so I'm just going to say old up until the JK and, and anything before that, uh, no problem. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there as well. Now, I've got a soft spot for uh, for the old stuff. I kind of uh, Tony had mentioned a, a term that I, I absolutely love. It's, it's very near and dear to my heart, which is resto mod. Uh, taking something old, restoring it uh, to its former glory, but with some modifications along the way to make it uh, a little bit more modern. I've seen some just amazing CJ builds where, you know, the dash in the center console has been completely revamped uh, to have like, you know, digital gauges and, and all sorts of technology and stuff incorporated into it. And the, the, the mix of the old versus the new uh, combined together really really is amazing uh and it's something to behold if it's if it's done right that is uh greg would you agree would you disagree uh which uh, maybe you're a little bit more of an old school guy maybe a new school guy where do you fall on this i am uh, more partial to the uh i guess the middle of the range the i'm i'm going to take a page out of steve's book and and yeah. uh chime in with the xjs i mean that's what i have that's what i know that's what i like it's got all the enough comfort i mean it has enough comfort uh, creature comforts that you can uh, really take a long road trip if you want to and, and get from point A to point B and and, uh, and go in, in, in a nice comfort and have a, you know, a, a good relaxing ride with a, with a passenger there as, as well. And uh, But uh, at the same time, they can perform very well off-road. 
and they're easy to work on and you can, can, they're very reliable. So I I think uh, the the, the 97, the 01 XJs is really what I, uh, what I like. Mine's a 2000. So I do have, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the coil rail with, without the distributor in there, but uh, I did convert that over to the uh, coil pack uh, with the Viper coil pack on mine. But, so I do have some wires in there, but it, it uh, I just like that era. And I like that, um, the simplicity of the inline six. You know, you touched on something about, you know, easy to work on and, and the simplicity and stuff. And, and the modern Jeeps certainly don't have that. Uh, many, many systems uh, the, the wiring in them, uh, multiple systems using the same wiring, uh, the way that data is transmitted throughout the vehicle through the, uh, through the computer system. I mean, it's just insane, the complexity. And if, if, if something were to go wrong, the amount of troubleshooting that you're going to have to go through and the skill level that you need uh, to repair, fix, and or troubleshoot something on, on a much, much newer vehicle, a much newer Jeep, is, is going to be astronomical com- uh, compared to well, something you know is not right on this CJ or the or this YJ, uh, and and it's going to be a lot easier to fix on one versus the other. Uh, what about John Lee, Rhino Rubicon, with us? John Lee, uh, old or new? Where do you fall? So, so uh, like like everyone else has said, the uh, the style of the old and the, the nostalgia is great. Out at Hidden Falls, we saw a beautiful International Scout with his hood up. Oh yeah, head. that's right. Should and we stop? Should we give him some help? He's probably yeah, just letting it, it cool it, off. That, I remember that conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I would actually go with uh, Resto Mod the other way. And what I mean by that is um, you, you've got a lot of nanny control. So the Rubicon's great from the JLs, JKs, um, but engaging the lockers is a little bit of a pain, right? You've got to be in certain yeah, years. Right. So I'm thinking more of, of new, but modifying it to, to kind of get some of the things you like about the old, the quickly engaging lockers or the removing some of the kind hmm. of the, the old nanny state items so i would say new yeah. but rest them off the other way Buy a, buying an android life. instead of having an iphone is what you're saying which is what i do right so i <laughs> i 100 agree but that's what that's what an iphone does they they make a lot of decisions for you it's exactly the same thing and that's why i go with android i want to be able to screw it up by on my own yeah, exactly. yeah. I didn't really, really think about uh, that aspect of things. Kind of you know, the resto mod going the other way. I was hoping you were going to elaborate on that. I'm glad you did. Uh, and I honestly, I couldn't agree more. Uh, we've talked at length on this episode. I've certainly gotten on my soapbox over the years uh, about my opinion on on all of those driver assistant technologies that just seem to be uh, populating every vehicle uh, in, in every every automaker's lineup. Uh, and Jeep is no exception. And we've heard here, even recently, in the last uh, few episodes, even, uh, of you guys around the campfire talking about how much you don't like some of the features on your newer Jeeps. And, and you know, you can't disable it. It's in the way. It, it, it's, it's, it's there, and it's going to be there for in, in perpetuity unless, you know, the aftermarket steps in and, and takes care of it, which I foresee happening with enough people complaining about a lot of this stuff on the newer Jeeps getting in the way. So yeah, that's John Lee. That's a, that's a good one, man. I'm, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. It's a perspective I hadn't uh, hadn't really thought of before. Bob, two cheap Jeep guys, um, old versus new. Where where are you at in this discussion? Technology stopped at the TJ. That's as far as I'll go. <laughs> 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 I 
You know, I, I like I was saying that you know the JKs maybe not so much. They had uh, you know some creature comforts and stuff above the not as much quite as much technology certainly as as uh, like the JTs uh, nowadays. Uh, but uh, uh, nonetheless, uh, I, I'm with you to a certain extent. Um, uh, going back with John Lee's uh, uh, opinion on this, uh, the Resto mod in the other direction. Uh, maybe, maybe if you if you go past the JK and and you get into the newer tech stuff, uh, maybe start you know pulling some of that stuff out. You know, I, I'd like to see a JK with a 350 swap, just for grins and giggles. Uh, everybody's you know throwing uh, throwing Hemi's in there and stuff like that. That's one thing. I want to see an old school V8 Chevy engine inside of a JK. I haven't seen it yet. Somebody's out there going to do it. Josh Downs, uh, where are you? Where are you with us on on this? Old or new? Uh, very late 80s to the early 2000s seems to be like the, the golden age of the overlap of re- reliability, capability, and ease of payment. So any any of the Jeeps in that time frame, uh, maybe with the YJ start at 91 when they started putting 40 in there. Uh, but any of the Jeeps in that time frame, you're going to have, they're going to be good off-road. They're going to have good road manners. They're going to be very re- reliable generally speaking and uh just going to be in my opinion the best all-around package compared going from old to new yeah that seems to be a a real common thread here uh you know sort of the the mix between the old and the new sort of uh in the middle of the spectrum uh right about in the middle of of you know where jeep uh is in their 80 year 80 year history there's a lot of good stuff to be said about the 80s and the 90s with the Jeeps and the early 2000s and stuff. Much after that, things do start to kind of get a little bit weird. And 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 look, in any generation of, of Jeep uh, ever made, uh, Jeep had its issues. I mean, there there were issues with the venerable 4-liter inline 6. Uh, there's issues with the JK. There's issues with every Jeep that's ever made. Um, whether or not that's going to, uh, you know, uh, change your opinion one way or the other, eh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but uh, we got another Mike here with us uh, who uh, uh, hasn't uh, hasn't chimed in yet. Uh, Mike, uh, the other Mike, uh, anyways. Uh, what would you have to say about the old versus new argument? Where where do you where do you sit on that? Mike's in the house. <laughs> I, I think you were trying to stump uh, people from on this question because I mean, comparing trying to compare the new and the old is like you know you're trying to compare the new to the history. You know, I love history, so I would say that I like the old. Um, but of course, who doesn't like a shiny new toy, right? So, you know, I, I would, I like my Jeep, you know, it's like, you know, it's a new toy for me. And, uh, but I actually like the older style Jeeps, you know, definitely a, a fun to drive. Uh, um, and, uh, just learning the history of the, how Jeep came about. It's awesome. There's something to be said about the heritage. I mean, to be honest, that's why a lot of us are here. Um, and and a lot of us who, you know, really have a soft spot for the older Jeeps, we, we like that history, we like that heritage, and, and being able to see it. Uh, and to speak about it's one thing, you know, what not being able to drive that history down the road, being able to wheel that history, uh, that's, that's something in, in else entirely. Absolutely. Uh, what about you, Wendy? Um, do you prefer the older Jeep or do you like the newer ones? Well, we have a 2008, so I'm kind of stuck in that era. Um, I do like the look of the older Jeeps, and if I had a chance, I'd probably want to look at doing something older and maybe restoring it. I think it'd be a fun project. But I will tell you as a side note, because we do 
work with and teach people um, the new Jeeps coming out, we've had to learn what the heck all that stuff is on the dash now because it's so right. it's so modern and there's buttons to do things now instead of, you know, feeling your way. So it's kind of interesting that we've had to throw ourselves into what that dash looks like. Tony's probably experiencing that himself right now because the comparison between his two Jeeps is going to be like night and day with all the buttons and features and I don't know. So to me, I think you get too much technology. It's I don't want the Jeep to drive for me. I'm not looking forward to the future of Solantis where I can call my Jeep up the top of the hill to come get me. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Right. I want to drive it. So anyway, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think a, a lot of us are, are, are with it. And maybe it's just, you know, being a being a Jeeper, you know, we, we, we like things a little bit more simple. We like things rugged. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, we, we do have a mix of both old and and uh, old Jeep owners and, and new Jeep owners. Uh, uh, people who own older Jeeps and, and own newer Jeeps, I should say, uh, and and there's a there's been a mix throughout this entire conversation um, about and we've had this conversation uh, over the years uh, a little bit about new technology and how it affects Jeeps and and what you like what you don't like. Uh, Tony, you you've now got at least a couple few generations of Jeeps in in your driveway. Mm-hmm. Uh, having experience, having driven uh, several different Jeeps in your lifetime, um, you've you've kind of got an interesting perspective now. Also owning both an older and a newer Jeep, uh, not necessarily something from the you know 60s, 70s, or or earlier, uh, but nonetheless, uh, definitely you know a 30 year spread in in Jeep ownership. There, uh, what would you what do you have to say about this argument? Uh, old versus new. I was uh, pleasantly surprised that there is no great difference between my XJ and my JT. Um, uh, certainly the, the, the newer, you say? the newer vehicle <laughs> feels more, uh, is more comfortable. Uh, the air conditioner works, um, you know, uh, the, you notice those things, but as far as visibility, as far as how it feels to drive it, uh, how it feels whenever you're off road, uh, I, I do not see a vast difference between those two things. The, but you have all these fancy buttons and stuff on the dash. You got to figure out. Well, I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, I have really? hill, I have hill descent uh, that I haven't used yet, uh, and uh, when you put it in four low, it turns off the um, oh god, whatever that thing was that I, I misidentified, and it uh, the, the 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 braking of the individual wheels and stuff. It turns that stuff off oh, when you the, put it in the track. Yeah, yeah traction control. control. Thank you. It turns that off for you automatically, uh, which is good whenever you're in four low. So. I just go out there and, I mean, uh, I have one less lever than what I have on the XJ because of the Atlas. So, I mean, I just have the, you know, like most people uh, have the, the standard one, uh, one tr- uh, transfer case uh, lever to, to work. And it's, it's point and shoot. And I just have to be careful on, on where I'm shooting because, uh, I, you know, I'm not lifted. I don't have, I'm not lifted very much and I don't have uh, huge tires on it for the additional tractions. But I've been very happy with, uh, uh, yeah, I have done some wheeling in the XJ, and I have done it at uh, uh, Hidden Falls. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think the XJ may be a little more fun uh, because, uh, you know, you feel everything more. There's not a lot of uh, absorp- absorption of uh, the, the trail so much. You, you feel it a little more. But I could, I could argue that if I took a, a stock XJ, a brand new stock XJ, it probably would be very similar to taking a new JT out there. Uh, I've got the uh, 
poly motor mounts and <laughs> so <laughs> i got all this crap that really uh pulls the vibrations into the uh to the unibody so no i'm gonna stick with it i mean uh, i like them both uh the i absolutely love the jt because i don't have to worry about getting there and i don't have to worry mm-hmm. about getting back exactly um, so <laughs> Uh, that's the that's the only difference that I have, but between those two vehicles, uh, 23 years apart, uh, and I'm very happy to say that because I, I don't want to go to a Jeep that isn't a Jeep. Yeah, makes sense. That's very well said, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> surprisingly, and kind of, say it. Well, it surprisingly, really, is what you were you were looking for. It is no, surprising. What I'm surprised <laughs> is 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 the perspective. I, I honestly thought that that you would have gone much more the other direction uh, towards towards the newer, just because of comfort, uh, because of capability, because of everything else. You know, buy the, the, the a fucking Cadillac if you need comfort of, in your vehicle. <laughs> I mean, come on. Another thing is you, Josh, but I, it just burns me up. People don't whine about comfort on your Jeep. Go buy something else. If you want comfort, but is your is your JT not more comfortable than the XJ? I would argue that whenever it, it was new, I think the XJ probably was as comfortable. Oh, because I have the solid right. motor mounts and I've got you know all this crap yeah. that I've I put on there, and you sure. feel you feel every gnat's ass you you run over. Uh, yeah. But but if I had a stock XJ or maybe a, an XJ that had a little bit of a lift and stock tires or maybe ATs and I went out there, I, I personally think I would be experiencing the same thing. I certainly would have air conditioning because <laughs> so, it would be new. So yeah. I don't think there's a vast difference other than the age of the vehicles. I think that Jeep has done a very good job in keeping a Jeep a Jeep even though they're throwing all this technology at it. And, and, and I do appreciate the technology that's there. It's fun, but from the standpoint of driving it off-road, nah, I don't see a big difference. It'll be interesting to see um, where, where that vehicle, where that opinion might shift, rather, um, after a couple hundred thousand miles. I, I'm really kind of curious to see yeah. how long, how, uh, uh, you know, what the longevity is going to be like with these with these newer Jeeps? Uh, they may they may not make it. These might be only hundred thousand mile Jeeps. Uh, whereas you know the the four liter inline six Jeeps uh, were you know two hundred three hundred thousand mile Jeeps. Yep. So we'll see. I'll, I'm I'll, I'll be out. real. I think I would mention this to you. The I'm not I'm not looking at the Gladiator as a twenty three year vehicle that I have. I'm looking at the Gladiator as something that gets me back and forth to the parks, taking the XJ out there. And gets me around in comfort, gets me back and forth to work right now. I, I really believe that in four or five years or less, I'll be getting rid of this uh, this Gladiator and getting another Jeep. I don't see it really? as a 23-year vehicle that I will have from now on. I'll still have the XJ. It'll still be running. And that, that'll be my primary off-road vehicle. Well, one can only hope. Yeah. And we would uh, hope that you uh, have found this conversation interesting and uh, and may have an opinion on it. Unfortunately, you are too late to the show. And, uh, but that's not to say that you can't join in on another show. If this is your first time to the Jeep Talk Show uh, and, you, and you like what you've heard, well, you can join in on the very next show that we record. We do it every Thursday night around 9.45 p.m. or so. Is that uh, That's Central Time, right? Yes. And, uh, and uh, well, you can join in and, and be on in the Camp Fireside Chat and uh, hear your voice here on the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, how you can do that is uh, any number of ways. You can subscribe to our newsletter to get weekly reminders and, uh, and links and directions on how to join, uh, join the Jeep, Jeep Talk Show on our Camp Fireside Chat via Zoom. 
or even you can follow us on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show uh, to get notifications and links that way. We sure like for you to join the Campfire Side Chat, follow us on that Facebook, or receive notifications via our newsletter. And it's very easy to sign up for that newsletter. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You're going to find a link to click and sign up. It's very easy to subscribe, and it's just as easy to unsubscribe. Uh, we're not going to spam you. We don't sell your information. You get nope. one email a week. That's it. And that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to let us know what you think of the Jeep Talk Show moving to two shows a week. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Oh dear, I say, there seems to be something in the way. Shall I engage the off-road with my pinky in the air? Proper form and all that. Podcasting since 2010.